What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. I am your host, Clayton Kuteri. Today we are joined by a guest who isn't exactly in the spiritual realm, uh, but he has utilized these things to help his life progress. So today we're really going to kind of examine the principles that we've always been talking about from manifestation to meditation to journaling, the laws of attraction and assumption. We're going to see how these principles have helped turn around the life of an entrepreneur. Um, He's seen these ideas transform him professionally and personally. Uh, He was initially a drinking buddy and now he's an enlightened entrepreneur leading his own real estate group. Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show. Michael Sutton. Michael, how are you? Hey, man. Hey, I'm really, really good. And I'm, I'm honored to be invited on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, it's quite it's kind of funny because even in that startup, right? Like if you would have talked to us maybe three years ago, I don't think either of us would have been anywhere near the same mindset or, you know, back when we were partying at the lighthouse, like there was no way we would have had a a conversation about manifestation, enlightenment, or, you know, fulfilling our purpose in life. You know, it's funny. I think that you're absolutely right. But even at that time, I was still doing these things and um, had knowledge of them, but I was so out of alignment with my, my deep self, right? And, and what I was really about. And, um, I didn't really know what was going on. And so I was doing a lot of partying and a lot of things. And so, yeah, it was, it's funny how we were around each other, but we wouldn't even have the opportunity to have a conversation like that because it's like, it's not the environment and it's not, at least for me, the mindset, the mind state, you know, right. It's right. funny how things progress, which is an interesting point, right? Cause we never really like tightly aligned or anything like we, I mean, you know, we knew of each other. We said, what's up? We said, Hey, we had similar friends. But it wasn't until like, you know, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I kind of went on this journey to Brazil where you maybe saw like my book list and you were like, oh, dude, like we should like talk. Like, I feel like we're in so much more alignment than we've even come to realize. And and maybe there has something to do with like the fact that the alcohol was involved, where it's just like we're cutting off that section of the brain and not going to have a conversation about it. I don't know. What do you think about that? You know, I think that, um, I mean, I can't speak for other people, but I know for me that that's something that just like completely cuts me off from, um, from the sunlight of the spirit, from the, um, the ability to connect, uh, to what I call God in a non-denominational way. Um, just, just the idea of a higher power, a benevolent force in the universe, right? Um, and so for me, like, I don't really get that when I'm drinking. So I actually don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, and I think it helps me. Yeah. I think it helps me. It's a, you know, personal choice. If you do it like power to, you you know, if I could be, um, spiritually where I want to be and do it, I would, but I just, you know, can't. And so I don't. Right. Um, but, uh, that's me, you know what I mean? Other people can and power to them, but yeah, it's, uh, I know for me that would definitely, cause instead of having a conversation, I think I brought over a pinata and exploded at all of your guys' house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was my first impression. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I don't think the... you were going to think like, Hey, this guy knows some cool stuff, you know, <laughs> it's like, 
who yeah. the hell is this guy who just exploded yeah. this pinata with all this candy <laughs> over my house? Oh man, the worst part was that the that it was like Mexican candy, and you know you had drunk people just trying it and spitting it out, and so that got like all over the deck, <laughs> and it was like the Fourth of July, and so that was a pain in the ass to have to clean up. Uh, I know, I know, man. Yeah. I've always felt bad, so I'll take this <laughs> uh, this moment to publicly apologize to you and your roommates for that. I'm sorry about that. Let me know uh, what I can do to make it right. I'll make sure AJ listens to this so that he gets in on the apology as well. <laughs> but it's awesome, awesome. awesome. Sorry about that, AJ. <laughs> hey, it's all a part of the path, right? And I, I think there's, right. an interest, there's an interesting thing there where, you know, I I don't know what you want to call it, resentment, anger, you know, whatever it was in that situation, right? It's like, why the hell do I have to be cleaning all this shit up, blah, blah, blah. You know, that is such a, a powerful moment that you can use for, you know, self-reflection. It's like, well, why are you getting angry at somebody else? Like you had a party at your house and you knew your place was going to get trashed. You know what I mean? Like you never said, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) You never explicitly said no pinatas. So like, you know, are you, are you really angry at this person or what are you, what are you really angry at? So I I, I love that you, I love that you say that clay, because one thing I know in, in, in my life and one thing that I've been kind of like riffing on and tripping on is I was, um, thinking about, you know, attention and energy and thinking um, and kind of thinking back to Albert Einstein saying that energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be changed or transferred. Right. And so it's like, you know, at that point in my life, I was not in a good place. You know what I mean? And I was coming in and being completely inconsiderate. Right. And um, partying too hard also blinded me from being able to be considerate and think, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Or maybe like, after the pinata explodes, I should help him pick it up. But I mean, I completely unaware, right? And so me coming in with that, it 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 went on to you guys, right? But um, coming in and and kind of changing my perspective in my life and seeking in a lot of different ways to do things differently, right? It it um, has allowed us to maybe who didn't start off on a good fit to actually come in together and connect. And I, and I think the book list was the first thing. And then I heard your conversation with Paul Martins, who's actually a good friend of mine. We've been friends since like sixth grade, seventh grade, something like that. You know, I used to do camping trips and sleepovers and all that. And so I was like, yeah, you, we read a lot of similar books. Like we think about a lot of things similarly um, and some a little bit differently, but also have a lot of the same friends. So I'm like, man, it's probably likely that we would be friends or at least be able to have a cool conversation. So I'm glad we were able to kind of have it come full circle. Right. And, you know, it also kind of touches on, you know, everything happens at the right time, right? Like if we had had these, right. this, this conversation back before that party or at that party, we would have never had that example to A, be able to share with other people, but also to kind of have a self-reflection of like, well, why am I really mad? You know, or you yeah. know, just because this happened in the past doesn't mean I can't bring them on the podcast and have a great conversation today. Exactly. And I think too, one thing you, you brought up about resentment and one thing that has been such a key component of my life and my growth as a, as a person, uh, spiritually, professionally, and just, just overall, right? Like I learned, um, through a coaching company or through a coaching program, my company has, and, and one of the, they have these things that they call bold laws. And one of them is your business grows to the extent that you do. Right. And being an entrepreneur, I really took that to heart. Like I need to be able to grow because I am my business, right? Like I am the business. I don't clock in for someone else. Like I am the business. So if I'm not growing personally, like I'm not growing professionally. 
And resentments are like a really tricky thing and holding these resentments, it's like, you know, drinking poison and expecting you to get hurt, right? It, it, they don't work. They just, um, it just harbors a lot of, of bitterness. And, and instead of like allowing us to see our part and, and where we could be accountable, like in, in, to your example, you're like, well, I did have a party in PB Mission Beach and basically just invite a bunch of people in on a holiday weekend maybe it wasn't going to be like, Hey, should I take my shoes off of the door? But on the flip right. side, um, you know, it, it, it takes two to tango, right? Like it was just, it, so it's like, if you look at it like that better for you, it doesn't make me right. Right. I, I would still say that I'm in the wrong, but it allows you to have some perspective and not let it take a rent in your head for free. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. for me personally, I can't live with resentment. And so I, I work really hard to actually, um, when I feel a resentment to really look at it and see my part in it. And even if I have no part, understand that, you know, like you're not going to get mad at someone who, um, you know, is, is sick, right? Like for being sick, they're just sick. But if someone's spiritually sick or, or, or mentally sick, we tend to still get mad at them. You know what I mean? And be like, what's this guy's problem? And so and it's being a level able to of judgment, right? Myself like in that. Like it's yeah, a level total, of like, well, a lot oh, of I figured it out. Why can't you figure it out kind of thing? And then like, that doesn't help the Ex- process. Exactly. It doesn't help the process. There's zero context uh, either. And, you know, it's not really like our job to find, like, you know, we, we the way our brains are designed is to use the least amount of energy to be the, and be the most efficient like use it the most efficiently as possible. Right. So it's like, and we all have a lot of stuff going on. It's not our job to like figure out someone else's drama, but having that perspective and understanding that like, Hey, maybe this person's got something going on and I don't need to let it bother me. So even if maybe I have a part in it, but even if I don't, and it just kind of, you know, they, they, they came through and like a tornado, it's like, instead of taking the victim mentality, it's like, Hey, it happened. Maybe there's a lesson here. I'm going to grow and move on, you know? And even more so to expand on that, the idea of, you know, if going back to how energy isn't created nor destroyed, it's just transferred or transformed. It's like, okay, if it's getting transferred to you, why not find a way to transform it into something more in light, more in love, more in compassion. And because then just how you're, you know, not you specifically, but in general, if your negative energy or your negative emotion leaves that on the people around you. I mean, you can do the same thing with, you know, love and light. It can be spread onto the people around you and have that ripple effect. I mean, just as powerful, if not more powerful than, you know, if you're spreading negative emotions. Totally. And that's the thing too, is like, um, how many times do you see people when you're in a great mood and great things are happening to you and they're in a really bad mood and great things aren't happening to them. And they're like pissed off by your good mood and energy, right? Like it doesn't make them feel better. It almost makes them feel, feel worse. And then it makes, sometimes if you're feeling good enough, you're like, ah, it's whatever. They're just feeling bad. But sometimes it makes at least me feel kind of bad because I'm like, well, I don't want you to feel bad. Now I feel kind of bad for feeling good, you know? (laughs) Well, that was, um, you know what I Yeah, if we wanted to dive into that, there's, I have a whole piece of, um, you know, we all have our own baggage and trauma that we grew up with. One of mine that was one of the, a couple layers down in the onion was 
uh, unworthiness. And that was brought on because in high school, I was um, one of, if not the best baseball hit the hitters on the baseball team. And what happened was, is there was a incident where our team like wasn't doing too well, wasn't playing too well. However, you know, throughout the entire season, as a reference point, I was batting like 800, which is if anyone doesn't listen insane, to baseball, yeah. is insane. <laughs> it was like halfway through the season, I was batting like 800. The coach, we're all jerking around in the, the, the uh, during practice or something, and the coach like lines us up against a wall, and he's going down the the list of telling everyone like what they should be doing better or like how could they not, you know, why are they jerking off? Like we could be better, blah blah blah. And he gets to me. And he's like, Clayton, Clayton did this excellent thing. And I'll, I'll save you guys the baseball terminology, but he did this thing and hit the ball exactly where he should have on this pitch. Why can't anyone else do that? And to your point, that ingrained in me like, oh, if I do good, everybody else is going to suffer because of it. And I didn't realize it, but that pivoted my entire mindset around it. And the rest of the year I went like, you know, 150, I was batting like, you know, 15%. It was, it was a crazy, you know, transformation just from getting that indentation of, well, if you do good, we're going to punish everybody else around you. Yeah. And that's, um, it's so interesting to, um, and, and and I love what you said a couple layers down in the onion because (laughs) the deeper you go, um, on an inward journey and the more work you do and examining yourself and kind of looking for the root of the the, the and the nature of the issue the defect um you know to, to come to a moment like that in high school that seems so might sound so insignificant to some but it really um left a mark on you right and then it makes you perform worse than something you did really good at and i'm sure at the time being young you probably had, had some sort of identity with that and then it kind of made you feel worse and then you try to be like well now i want to do better and then i can't you know what i mean and then there's this like feeling of loss and powerlessness i can imagine i'm just projecting maybe no you're totally right because it's you know here's a adult figure who i held in regard you know he puts us in this state and god bless him like i don't he doesn't know what he's doing like you know we're all just kind of figuring it out as we go well how could you you know he he thought he's he's giving you big ups yeah yeah in his mind he's like saying hey everyone sucks but you and you're like but you're like dude you just gave me so much pressure how can you expect me to 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 be the guy to make everyone that I care about look like shit and then be punished for. And I think also another huge component of this, and I'm sure we'll get into this at some point is, you know, the, the act of him lining us up kind of thing, you know, and then he's kind of signaling out my, you know, teammates, there's a feeling of empathy, you know, towards them. And so I can feel that they're getting into this negative state of emotion, this fear mentality, like what's he going to say about me? And so then whenever it comes to me, you know, that, that emotional state that I'm in becomes so receptive to that information that you, you match that memory with that emotion and it becomes like ingrained in you. So anytime you feel this emotion, anytime these thoughts are brought back up, you're going to play out the similar behavior, the similar behavior that will, you know, transform your life in those regards. Yeah. So like you were conditioned to have a physiological response and maybe even a behavioral response to certain stimuli in your environment because of a certain event. Sure. And yeah. And I think that it wasn't, this wasn't the only time either. Like I, after I kind of had that realization, I like called my parents up on the phone. I was like, guys, like, you know, guess what I just figured out about myself. Like (laughs) 
guess why in jujitsu in, you know, 20, you know, two years ago versus 10 years ago, I was like giving up and thinking I was unworthy to win competitions. Like this is why it happened. And then they're like, oh, that's so fascinating because it happened here in sports. It happened here in sports. We came up with like 10 to 12 different situations where this emotional response had continually become ingrained in me where it's like, okay, if you do well, then everybody else is going to suffer or we're going to punish you because you are doing well. Like that's the way my mind was making these associations. Yeah, that's wild too. It's wild. Um, how did you come to that? Like how did you actually like arrive to that conclusion? Because that, in, in my experience doing work, it takes a lot of work and writing and talking to people who have gone through a process of spiritual awakening if you will and uh to get to those things how did you how did you get there like how did you actually determine that so i've been at this point of realization i had been meditating probably for 10 to 15 minutes every day for a couple years two to three years you know no one's perfect not every single day but majority of days yeah and i had noticed that in jujitsu competitions whenever I would get so close to winning and in practice when I'd get like just to tapping somebody out or I was just about to finish somebody, my brain would either shut off and just go blank, like no focus, loss of control, or I would start rationalizing why I shouldn't tap them out. Oh, you know, they're a lower belt. Oh, you know, they're, you know, a higher belt. This isn't my gym or, oh, I don't want to embarrass them. You know, all these rationales would come in and I would let up. And so then you know, there was a competition and actually there's a post on my Instagram. I like dive into the whole like thing of it. And I came to, I just meditated on it. I was meditated on that feeling. I found that feeling kind of in my body. Like, okay, why am I, where's this feeling coming from? Like, what is this trying to teach me? All right. And so in that place of deep meditation that like reemerged that, that scenario that happened 15 years ago, reemerged and was like, Hey, we felt this emotion whenever this happened too. And then analyzing it from, you know, now that, you know, I was a, was like 26, 25, 26 year old looking back on myself when I was 16, like, Oh, like this is what happened. Like that's where you got conditioned that you, if you, if you do well, if you exceed, if you tap this person out, if you become first place, if you do good things, it's going to hurt the people around you. I was like, fuck, man, that's, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> that is a lot to take in. Yeah. So what did you do now to like, do something differently? Like, what do you what do you do now? Do you do like, because I know for me, when I have stuff and I figure it out, it's like, first, I have to be like, well, can I cuss or no? Yeah, fuck, shit, piss, whatever. Uncensored. Okay. <laughs> Blink one eighty two. Shout out. Um, No, I just like I know. Like for me, it's like I when I have realizations like that, I just am first like, fuck, you know. Yeah. It's like now I've got the awareness. The self awareness is something that yeah. Step one, right? It's just kind of like, you know. And then it's like, well, like, what do I do now, right? And so like for me some of the things that like I have to do is like start with awareness and then kind of thinking about it. And for me, like I know using positive affirmations is something that I do, um, whether it's through writing, speaking both, um, to kind of get through or work through stuff like that. But like, what do you do? I'm curious. Cause I think, you know, the best way to learn 
how to grow and improve is through, you know, things that are working for other people. So like, what do you, what do you do when, with that information, once you have it to recondition yourself to not do that next time you want to win a competition? Yeah. It's a, it's a really powerful question. And I I think a lot of things you're probably doing help as well, because I journal as well, maybe a little differently, but we can get into that later. Meditating is important, but the other thing is to be able to recondition like the subconscious brain because these are emotions that have been trapped in your subconscious, like deep down. Like, you know, we are acting out, you know, our behavioral patterns that we have been taught from a young age. And that's what we're just repeating unless we go in there and fix them. Um, Recently, uh, I've actually been using a meditation that I created. It's on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. Uh, but it's based off of the breaking the habit of being yourself, which I'm not I sure. I read if that. That's a good read book. Yeah. yeah. So at, through it, he's like talking about how, man, I won't do it justice, but essentially how you can recondition your subconscious brain to carry out normal patterns. So I created this meditation and a part of it is going in with certain feelings, right? So you take in the feeling of unworthiness. You'd recall in your brain times you felt unworthy, get into that emotional state. And train yourself to say change. And so the idea is is that when you say change, you snap out of that old conditioning pattern and into this new one, this new I am worthy idea and feeling. And I've been doing it with so many things in my life now where, you know, and I've only been doing it for a week, but the, and this is a piece of the puzzle, but the point is, is that you are aware of whenever it occurs, right? Step one being the awareness. The next step is to kind of overwrite that subconscious programming. It's like, no, I am worthy. It's like, I am able to do this. And what does that feel like? Like, how does that empower you? How does that feel in your body? Yeah, that's positive affirmation, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 it's really powerful, man. It's, um, it's the, like, if, if you want, it's so interesting too, because my education is actually in psychology. That's what I got my degree in. Oh, okay. And in psychology, I, f- I forget the name of, of the phenomenon and, or, and what research it comes from. But basically, there's this idea that if you're going to be like a, a podcaster, right? You're not going to actually feel like you're a podcaster until you start podcasting for a few months, a year, whatever, and then you'll actually feel like it. And what a lot of people want to do is they want to psych themselves up to feel like a podcaster so they can go start a podcast, which our brains don't work like that. You have to actually do first to actually feel after. So so the action has to come first and then the emotion comes after. And a lot of people want to feel like, I don't feel like it. Well, you're not going to feel like it. We're not long enough to actually do anything. You and have the, to go into action first. And the powerful thing of, of the whole breaking the habit of being yourself is how he how he goes through and you train yourself into these emotional states. You visualize what's happening when it happens and feel it as if it is occurring as it's occurring, you know? Like like I you know, even you know, it maybe it was kind of a transition period. And of course it helps whenever I look back and I'm like, oh, okay, I've already recorded, you know, 15, 20 episodes. It's like, yeah, okay. There's the, there's the physical proof that I am doing it, but it's that internal feeling and belief that you are. Otherwise you're going to start hitting yourself with, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, imposter syndrome. And you're going to be like, oh, like, yeah. you know, I'm not right. I'm not real. You know, the self-doubt comes in, the old habits come in, you know, why did you quit your job, man? Like, da, da, da. And it's like, there's old habits, there's old conditioning patterns. And that's when you learn how to say change. 
it's like you're no longer that that's no longer you and so you get out of that habit and now you can change your world into whatever you want yeah i read that book a few years ago it's probably a good time to revisit it i just read one though called mind hacking have you have you no, I haven't heard of that one. that one or read that one. Not yet. Yeah, but he has. He talks about a similar thing where when when something comes in your mind, right? You just say thought, and it kind of just obliterates the thought. And and it's the same thing. Thought change. It doesn't really matter what you say, right? You could say spaghetti. It's like, hey, when certain thoughts come in, I'm replacing it with conscious action. Right. Exactly. So I'm present to my thoughts, and I'm shutting it down before it can gain momentum. Because it's so interesting how much momentum our brains can get if we let ourselves become identified with our minds Mm -hmm. that um, can really throw us for a loop. Right. And it's like, we have the voice in our head that tells us things, right. That if you had like a roommate that told you that stuff, like, Oh, you suck. You, you can't do this. You're not a, you know, a podcaster. No one wants to listen to this. If you were hanging out with someone like that, you'd be like, fuck this guy. I'm not going to hang out with this guy. But that person literally lives in your head but that's not you, right? right? As much as your arm is not you, it's a part of you. It's, but no one's like, Oh, I am my arm. Like I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, that's, yeah. that's just not how people are. Right. right. And so it's like, you're the conscious observer. That's you, right? That's the essence of you. And so being able to pay attention to that part of you, that is not you. Right. Right. And being able to, when it starts kind of acting up, be like change thought, like shut the fuck up. And I'm going to replace it with a new feeling, a new thought, a new action. And like just the power of doing stuff, man, like with especially like positive affirmation, if you haven't done it, like I Rick, I highly recommend it. It sounds super cheesy to certain people and like on a level it is, but just writing down things like, like, look, if you want to make a million dollars, like writing, I am a millionaire, I make a million dollars, like money flows easily to me. And writing that kind of stuff down, I am worthy of making millions of dollars. I easily make millions of dollars. And then saying it over and over and writing it over and over. It sounds almost kind of like crazy, but it it reprograms your subconscious and your and your RAS and your brain to actually start to believe it. And, and anyone who knows anything about psychology will tell you is your subconscious brain is so much more powerful than your conscious brain. It's really the one that's running this show in the background. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> we, we take these activities that we can do consciously to just like inject this programming or and reprogram because our, our default, I mean, how old are you? I'm 33. How old are you? 27, baby. You're 27. You're young. You yeah. just got the, you just got the I man beard, dude. I just, oh, yeah. I just like, I'm 33 and I'm still like, <laughs> can't, can't grow it like that. I don't think uh, I ever will. Good. I don't think it's in the cards. Too nice for of me. a face to cover up. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. But like, um, I mean, let's say that I think I started going on like an inward spiritual journey, you know, with a lot of bumps in the road, but I want to say around 27, 28, kind of right around your age. I just felt like I had like an emptiness. I felt, um, it started a little bit before that with like my AID and and doing that stuff and being exposed to it, but I wasn't ready. I was partying a lot, hanging out in PB, you know what I mean? And, and I just wasn't really in the environment, like, or in the headspace, right. To fully allow myself the growth, but I started to feel a void and I started seeking. And so it's been a journey and it never really gets there. It's like, I, I tell people when I kind of, cause I, I help 
people who are kind of just starting this, just kind of give them a nudge in a direction, you know, if they, if they're interested in it. Right. It's like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you want to hear if, if my story can help you, great. And if not, like you're not interested, great. I'm not going to tell it to you, but, um, just going along that and seeking something is when things started to change. And I started to find answers I was looking for and the cliche. And, you know, it's like, it is, you can go and travel the world and look for it, but it's kind of like that book, the alchemist, it's always like right under it. it it's, you have to look inward. Right. Of universal and, truth in that. In that yeah, and, yeah. And just start to, yeah. And start taking, uh, taking accountability. Right. So I'm curious, and, uh, I'm yeah. curious, you were saying that you were starting to feel a void and you started kind of doing like the journaling and the affirmations, but maybe you said that the void was still there. Did you, yeah. what, what, like, what got you to keep doing the affirmations? Although you were, you know, I'm, I'm sure at some level you were like, oh, this void isn't going away, but I'm still going to do these affirmations. What kept that going? Well, let me ask, let me ask you this. I'll answer your question with a question. If you landed on a different planet, but it looks similar to earth and you were hungry and thirsty, would you go look for food and water? Like, would you, you know what I mean? Like, would you, maybe you don't know what it looks like. Maybe things look a little different, but you're hungry or you're thirsty, right? Like I think that the spiritual component for people, and, and I would say, and I think I get what you meant at the introduction of like me not being in the spiritual realm. It's not my, my business or my, um, I guess like where I make a living or, or really like, I guess like brand myself, but, but my personal belief is human beings by nature are spiritual creatures. I think that's what a lot, that, that's what really differentiates, differentiates us from other animals is really being highly spiritual creatures and being kind of having that ability to conceptualize and, and manifest things. Right. And do quite incredible things. Right. And, um, yeah, and, and to just kind of echo what you just said there. Yeah. That was totally the angle I was trying to come from. Like I'm completely on board. Like we all have spirituality in us. The, the yeah. podcast, I just try to focus on, I try to focus on people who are, you know, their it's their business, right? It's their whole yeah, thing it's to all make good. spiritual content. And, and so I wanted to, I, first I wanted to chat with you a long form. And then I thought another thing was like, Oh, this would be cool to like switch it up and give people, you know, seeing it in action, seeing somebody actually like applying totally. these things to their life and becoming successful. Yeah. And, and, and I figured as much, I just thought like, if anyone's listening, like I just thought it, I don't know, it felt natural to touch on it sure. and just kind of like, it was just something, something I was thinking, but it's like, um, yeah. So it's like, I just felt like the, the, when, when, when I felt that like yearning for something more, um, what I've come to realize in my own life and experience, and this is what works for me is I had a need for spiritual connection with a higher power. Um, I feel like that's innately human. I feel like if you are a diehard atheist and you are in a plane that's going down and you think you're going to die, you might get on your knees and pray to God, not even sure what God is or you your identity is based on there is no God and you might <laughs> change your yeah. <laughs> your tune really quickly. Right. And, and why is that? Right. And I don't think that that's something just that's been, you know, conditioned or society. Like I think we have that all in us. Right. And so for me, what that means is to seek a connection with this higher power is to 
Um, and to fill that void is like, I have to do things, right? Like I need to be in meditation, so kind of like prayer meditation, because I need to be able to slow my mind down because if my mind is going wild, I can't get a spiritual connection. Right. right. My favorite, I, I can't, my yeah. favorite quote is, uh, a man, everyone should meditate for 15 minutes a day. If you don't have time to meditate, you should meditate for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it's so true because it's like, if you can't make 15 minutes for like one of the things that now, and I love that science is kind of, um, doing things to show benefits with, you know, and, and, and prevent presenting empirical evidence to support things that people like, right. you know, I'm sure these monks have known for millennia, you know what I mean? But like they actually humanity is probably so, known for tens of thousands of years, arguably. Yeah. And now yeah, just, modern science is just catching up to it. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I mean. The, the, the spirit for me, right. Higher power. It's timeless, right. It's here before us. It'll be here after us. Um, and for me to maintain like a, a contact with that, it's like one, I have to have faith that it's there and it exists and it wants me to be happy and, and live in well-being, right? So part of it is taking on faith. Part of it is um, is by nature, I think I'm very selfish and self-centered. Um, I think that a lot of people are in general. I think that... Um, human nature is to do typically not always what will serve us like it like we will choose self-serving motives most of the time not saying you're gonna like rob cheat and steal but like we usually do things that are serving us advancing our agenda that's what we choose to do right that's that's well there's a there's i would a, argue that that's human nature i mean that's like a, there's a biological response there right i mean if you're stranded on the Sierra in a de Sierra desert, Sierra desert. If you're in like the African plains or the desert, Sahara, 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 Sahara. Oh, geez. <laughs> Good thing. I'm not, I don't know if it's Sahara or Sahara. Uh, we'll let, we'll let somebody, uh, let me know in the comments below. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but regardless, so if you're, you know, in this place of like lack, right. Or scarcity, you know, if you're in this place of, you know, there's not enough, like, where am I going to get food? Where am I going to get this? You're naturally going to be inclined that you, that you can only look out for yourself. And I'm actually putting together like some Instagram posts right now that re revolve around like the 3d landscape or 3d consciousness, which is like the, those elements of fear or worry or angst. And it's like, you know, where's this going to come from? Where am I going to get my next food? It's like you, are in such a fear-based mentality that you can only serve yourself. And obviously as you translate, well, you know, you just touched on, go ahead. I'll you touched you. on something there. And you think back to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs It's like, we have the need, we need like safety, security, food, you know, relationships, friends, love, all that before self-actualization, right. Before we can become enlightened before that even becomes a thought. Right. So, and then, and then I don't know if you ever read, um, Harari's book, Sapiens, but, he, but one of the things that the, the biggest thing I took from that book, it's a really fun book to read actually. But the biggest thing that I got from it is like, we have, I don't know, a couple hundred to several hundred years of human history, but only like, I think, what was it like 10,000 years ago was the first civilization of like Babylon or something, you know what I mean? And then yeah. in the last 200 something years, we had the industrial Re revolution. 
And then from like the 1900s, I mean, the first rinky-dink Wright Brothers airplane was in the early 1900s. And now we have like self-fighting jets and drones. And and so technology just like, it's, it's like a compound effect of how fast it advances, but our evolution hasn't actually caught up with, right. with our technology. So our tech is outpacing our evolution. So we might be designed to live in this world where, um, you know, because human beings by our nature, I mean, compared to other animals, we're like weak. We come out of the womb, like very weak. And, and we like typically one, maybe we need two, 18 years. like it's we unusual need to have years twins to be evolved. Yeah. Like it takes exactly, like, exactly to, to be matured. like, it's like, what? I mean, it takes, yeah. And so it's like, you know what I mean? There's no like big litter. There's no this. And it's like, you know, but we're, we're smart. We can communicate and, and we're, for being physically weak in comparison, like we're very resilient, right? But like, so I'm sure there's an evolutionary component, but now that we live in this society, right? Where things like, where I can go to Trader Joe's and buy food and I can, you know what I mean? I can, it's just getting food and, and getting things at least in the United States where, where we live is not a problem, right? So like our survival needs, basic needs. So, so what happens is like there, there's this longing for this thing. And I realize that as much as like, I can be very generous and sometimes generous, um, when I got right down to it, usually like, um, when I started like going on this kind of journey, I was like, man, I'm a lot of times like really actually selfish and self-seeking, even when I'm being generous, there's, even if it's like this insidious motive, maybe it's not for actually like anything material, but it's like, I wanted validation or I want to be accepted in this group, or I want to be liked by this person or, you know what I mean? And so it was like, I didn't. And then it's like, so I would do certain things. And, and another thing I realized was, and this is something I actually just realized like really recently, right? Like, um, I like to give, right. And I believe that in order to receive right? You have to give, right? right? Um, and, and what I didn't, what I discounted was like, I need to also be able to receive to be able to give. And what I didn't realize about that was, and I have this guy, the guy who taught me AID, his name's Thatch Wynn. He's like, it's funny. He's, he's, he's become so big on like socials where he's getting like parodied now. But the guy was such a, he, he's such a cool guy. Like, and it's so funny when I see people like parody him or say anything about him on the internet who don't know him. I'm like, dude, you don't know this one of the coolest, nicest guys who is um, just so humble and he's helped me transform my life. Right. And he taught me AID, but he, he, I took him one time. And, and this guy, by the way, is like a very wealthy real estate investor, like self-made. And he, he let me take him to lunch and, and I said, here, let me get it, you know, pay. And we're at like this like rinky dink, like it's not rinky dink, it's cool, but it's like, you know, hole in the wall restaurant in Chinatown in Seattle. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll let you pay because I need to be able to receive. And what I know about this dude is like everything he says like that, I know he's saying it because he, he, he's very generous with his knowledge and wisdom. And I know the way he says it, like, there's something like I should be picking up. And this is like years ago. And it just hit me recently when actually Brett, like I moved, I asked Brett to like, Hey, Hey dude, will you help me like move a barbecue and do all this stuff? Right. Like to my new house. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So he came with his truck. We loaded up, you know, like a barbecue, a ladder, a couple of things and bring it like a couple miles over from one house to another. And I'm like, here, let me Venmo you some money. And he's like, no, like, 
don't worry about it. You know, this is, this is for anyone who's listening with, sorry, we shouldn't talk so inside talk, you know, with our, our fr- personal friend group, but this oh, is okay. a friend, like a, you a know, childhood job. friend of mine. Right. And so, um, a childhood friend of mine, we've been friends for a long time and, and he's just like, I'm like, let me Venmo you. He's like, no, don't worry about it. Like, I'm just helping you out. Right. Like he's my buddy. Like it's, he's not like he needs money or something. It's like, but I felt like what I realized by, and I, I was about to Venmo him money after he left, like just, but I realized it's like, man, I don't allow people to give to me. I don't allow myself to receive because, but I, but what I do allow is I allow myself to be bitter because people are always taking from me or I give too much and I don't receive, I don't get enough in return. Fascinating. And it made me realize, well, I don't, I don't get enough in return because I don't allow myself to receive. Fascinating. And, and by not allowing myself to receive, I've set myself up to make everybody else wrong, have permission to be mad at the world. And when I have permission to be resentful and mad at the world, now I have an excuse and rationalization for my negative behaviors. And it's like, well, you came up and you fucked me over. So you know what? Fuck you. Like I'm going to behave how I want. Right. And it's really the payoff is I don't have to be accountability for my actions when I know that they're not in alignment with how I want to be. It's like, you want to make this instantaneous, like one of one trade so that it just like, you're, you're automatically balancing the the scales right away kind of thing. That's fascinating because it exactly. reminds me, it reminds me of another mutual friend of ours, uh, Bryant Smith. Whenever I first met him, we were, we got in, a, in an Uber or a Lyft. It was probably the first time I met him, I think, or maybe one of the second or third times. And we went somewhere and I like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's like, oh, I'll order the Uber. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'll Venmo you. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. And I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, what the, like, what the fuck? It's like, it's a $20 Uber. Like, it's not anything crazy. Right. And there's four of us. It was like five bucks. I was like, dude, I'll Venmo you. He's like, no, dude, don't worry about it. Like you'll get me in the future. And to me that sat so bizarre. It sat like so weird. It was like, like, I get, it's like, yeah, I guess, but I didn't have this conception that like in the future, the deck could be like resolved. Like I'll, and maybe it wouldn't even be to him. Maybe I wouldn't even buy an Uber for him, but I would buy an Uber for somebody else. Or I would somehow help somebody else do something. And it's so true to what you're saying. It's like, you know, what you, and it's kind of like what you put out in the universe will come back to you. It's like, just, you know, just do what you need to do. Follow your intuition, follow those things. Because, you know, if you're, I guess maybe I'm getting a little off the topic of it, but it's just like, you know, it's okay to like, let the, let the universe fill that debt almost for you or have you fulfill it in another way. Totally. And it's like, if you actually do believe Einstein's thing about energy cannot be created or destroyed, only, only transferred or transformed. It's like the universe, if, if, and maybe I'm off base because I'm not like a physician and and I'm not an Einstein, but logically it seems from someone who's, you know, like a modest, intelligent, nothing special, right? It seems like, well, the universe would keep a balance because if you can't create or, or, right, like there has to be this balance. ebb and flow there and, has and to balance, be balance right? in the universe yeah yeah or you know what i mean it's all yin yang transfer and flow and yeah. exactly in this in the cycles right and it's like um it's it's so interesting to like coming and coming on these journeys too because it's like and, I, and i'm curious for you because i've never really actually had a conversation like this for you um what happened for you? Because I know for me, it's like, I just kept feeling like empty. I feel like I was hanging out with people that I really like, but I just wasn't in alignment with like, and I felt like 
I'd be sitting around, maybe having conversations and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, this isn't really what I want to do or, or like, you know, once in a while, but I'm here all the time. Um, and I'm using things to try to fill this void, like alcohol, which are just bringing more, like, um, bringing me down and bringing more problems and just not really allowing me to have the growth that I wanted. Right. And so, um, that kind of, for me is like, really was moving and pushed me to want to do things differently just because frankly, like I was in pain. Yeah. Right. Like what, what happened for you that made you want to like up and quit your job and start, you know, going deep on, on consciousness and, and exploring the, the spiritual realm, if you will. Well, it's a, it's honestly a great question and the full, the full answer to that would take 20 years, you know, to explain, uh, <laughs> I think the main catalyst was three ceremonies I had of psilocybin mushrooms that revealed different layers of the onion. Um, that kind of opened my third eye and showed me deeper truths about myself that I had previously discounted as, Oh, that happened, but that's not a big deal. Or, oh, there's no way that's still affecting me today because time is linear. So like that doesn't make sense that that would still be affecting me. Um, and the- Young Clay, so cute. Yeah, so naive. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the big, I remember, I think the big thing that like started this huge push or this huge like a leap towards it all that really sent, that really just opened up the whole consciousness and spirituality world. I- well, like you, I stopped drinking for, I think, 32 days because I realized since the age of 18 to like 24, I didn't go a week without like an alcohol, I don't believe. I was like, holy shit, like, you know, you keep telling yourself you're not addicted, but let's let's actually test that. Like, are you actually not addicted? Um, after two weeks, oh, dude, I felt on top of the world without alcohol. It was so insane, like so clear focus, so like everything was good. I hit the 30-day mark, still felt great. Went to 32 days, felt great. Um, drank, felt like absolute shit the next day, uh, <laughs> slowly integrated it kind of back into my diet. And it was like an in and out kind of thing. I definitely wasn't drinking as hard as I had it. I have never drank as hard since before that 30 day challenge I gave myself. But the thing that led me to that first psilocybin ceremony is there was a, I told myself, I was like, all right, I'm done kind of with the whole PV scene. Um, I'm done with just like the reckless nature of, uh, the, the sex culture that it promotes and the drinking culture it promotes. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for a girlfriend. You know, I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. The next girl, we're going to try to take it serious and try to figure it out. I got into And then it. did you realize that you were in no place to have a healthy relationship? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to that part of the story. <laughs> um, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> well, well, so I f there was, I found a girl, a girl came into my life who it was incredible. We, we were going on dates for about a month and a half and it was just pure bliss, which was so fascinating. Like it was, we could kind of just read each other's minds. Like everything was just so peaceful. And then she asked like, what are we? And for some reason that just broke my mind. I went back to my old habits. I was overthinking shit. I didn't know what to tell her. I started trying to like think through the problems. Like I tried to start think throughing the answer to like walk on eggshells. So I didn't hurt her, but I got what I wanted. 
that just kind of sent a ripple through. You our let room. go before tapping her out. I let go before tapping her out. What does that mean? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Like in your jujitsu, like uh. <laughs> like in jujitsu, like in your thing, like before, like you're you're on the verge of like tapping him out. Well, like, and you let you let it go. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Okay, I don't so, mean like you actually were going to choke her out. I mean, like, you had <laughs> a beautiful thing like going, that. and you self sabotage. Self sabotage for sure. I that's, think so. that's what it's. Well, that's, so, but just like just like everything you said earlier, though, you know what I mean? Right. You're 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 picking up that there's a correlation between think? those two. Well, yeah, I, I think there's certainly a correlation with like. Oh no, I'm just I'm just saying it's 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 like it's a rhyme or a or a you know like yeah it's a ripple. Be. I don't know. It, it has the same. It's just as interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what happened was, is I was like just in this confusion state, man. Like I was just con- I was confused. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, dude, I. I thought I had it. I thought it was lined up. This is what you wanted. Like, and it's here. Why aren't you like going with it? And so it led me to my first psilocybin ceremony. This girl number two comes in and she's like, Oh, like I'm a plant medicine. I guess I don't want to say it like that. It was a, it wasn't like a sexual relationship. She was like, Oh, like I'm a plant medicine lady. Like I help, you know, I administer some psilocybin, you know, we, we uncover some trauma, yada, yada, yada. And so there's a whole intention setting process, taking it and going through it. And dude, that dosage of psilocybin opened my eyes to so much shit. Like very. Is it pivotal. just in the form of mushrooms or is it like a different form? Oh yeah. Mushrooms. It was, I mean, it was like in a tea, like she blended it up yeah. in a fruit smoothie or something, okay. but it was psilocybin. It was mushrooms. Oh, okay. And you know, it's like very hypnotic. Like you put on like a blindfold, you, you know, you're like, you're just laying there. She's kind of like going through like this whole progression, like getting you into a relaxed state. And, you know, my intention was essentially to figure out why I reacted this way, you know, like what was going on. Well, you know, long story short, I basically found that I had an, a blockage, let's say with love the idea of love was like misconstrued in my head, you know, from, you know, you love baseball a different way than you love your girlfriend. You love your girlfriend a different way than you love your best friend. You love your best friend a different way than you love your favorite smoothie, you know? And I had this whole confusion Mm -hmm. and blur just like in there and it was, you know, sexual trauma. We can get into glance over the, you know, the details of that. But the core state was, is that I had this unresolved trauma within my body and this mushroom opened that up to me and I was just like in shock for like the next 24 hours. I was like, what the fuck is reality? I was like, dude, what? Like this explains everything, but shit, man, like I was put on my ass. It, it's like, it, it, that was my first like touch with like the divine in a sense. That was my first touch at like, Hey man, there's something bigger going on here than just you and your little problems that you think are such a, such an issue and that you're going to wrap up and make, make them the whole world. And the fact that you can't have a girlfriend, you thinks everything. And it was just this little, like, it felt like just this little drop of just like, well, here you go. Here's your first little layer of the onion that we're going to peel away for you. I love, I love the, uh, the thing that's so fun about kind of peeling that first layer is that's when, at least for me, is like when I had a really powerful and profound spiritual experience. Because I think as soon as you are exposed to blind spots, it's hard not to, it's really hard not to have a spiritual experience. Like one where you feel this 
sense of kind of enlightenment because all of a sudden, wow, all of this stuff I've been confused about, I'm not really confused about anymore. I, I understand, but then it's this like heavy, like, fuck, well, now I have this information. Like, what am I going to do with it? Like that kind of sucks. And, and for me, I know like, um, just was really humbling, um, going through and looking back at people in my life that I had resentment for currently, or just at some point in my life and really like inventorying that and, and looking at that and then seeing my part in it and, and where I was to blame. And most of the time it would be like the, the, the kind of, I guess, metaphor I like to use is like, if I walk up to you and step on your foot and then reach out my hand to shake your hand and you're kind of like, ah, like, and you give like a face and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Like this guy, Clayton's always a dick, but it's like, I'm not seeing that I'm walk, I'm stepping on your toes before. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so I'm just thinking that you're a dick. Right. And so it made me just really realize like, Hey, I'm with all these people. I have these feelings for it's like, I've not been great towards them. Right. And and then having to be like, shit, like, I kind of suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? No wonder I feel unworthy or like I suck because I do suck. And my subconscious knows it. My conscious brain doesn't. And so I've caught my conscious brain up to where my subconscious already was, right? And my intuition, what it already knew, apparently, but I didn't consciously know. Um, but then with that information, it was really humbling. Like I had a sense of of humility that I hadn't experienced before. And then basically through making that list of people, I had a list of people that I needed to go, uh, you know, make amends with and, and, and apologize and see how I could uh, make it right with those people. Right. And then continuing that practice through my life to um, make sure that I keep at least my side of the street clean, because when I don't have that mental stress and mental blockage, you know, things come up like I get stressed. Right. I work in real estate. It's a high stress environment. I was stressing out late last night. I was stressing out this morning. But at the end of the day, I can detach from it because it's like, I'm just stressed about stuff that's out of my control um, at, at a certain point. And I just have to have faith that it's going to work out. And it always does. Um, it, it's more the stress around what if it doesn't happen my way or how I say it, see it fit. Right. And then um, but I don't have to worry as much about who I am because I know who I am. Right. And I mm-hmm. and I don't have to feel like an imposter. And, um, I remember like, I've, I've been just really fortunate to have such good, just like teachers and mentors and, um, people who've been generous with their time, knowledge and, and wisdom in their lives. And this guy said to me, he asked me, you know, cause I, I suffered with having low self-esteem and he's like, do you know how to build your self-esteem? And I was like, no, I, I don't tell me. And he's like, you need to do esteemable acts. So like, you need to, you need to do things like, like to give you worth, like be a person worthy of self-worth, like be a good person, be, you know, like the four agreements, like be impeccable with your word. You know what I mean? Make your word count because I, you know, I, I coach um, and train people like I have a real estate team. Right. And, and I tell people like, it's like, look, if you can't believe your own word, like you're going to feel like a cognitive dissonance. Like I can't even trust myself like you don't even have faith in yourself, right? So how do you expect other people to have faith in you? So it's really important to keep your word on stuff. And like, I work on it. I'm not perfect. Like I bump appointments or move stuff or, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not trying to sit here like, you know, on a high horse and be like a saint, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to say, 
these are the ideals that I have and, and I, I strive towards and they're not, I'm not always perfect. I'm human. Right. Um, but I live my life practicing these practices of, uh, appreciation, you know, humility, um, openness, willingness, and, and, um, and contribution, you know what I mean? Um, just having an open mind, being willing. Yeah. And something I want to kind of touch on here, since you're bringing back up, uh, you know, real estate and everything, I heard it first in the podcast you did with Teal. Shout out Teal Cooper. Um, no, shout out Teal. I love Teal. She's amazing. She's going to come on the podcast soon. Yeah. So a little tidbit for oh, anyone awesome. listening. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Glad you guys I, could connect. Oh, dude. She's a super cool person. Um, the conversation we have was electric, so I'm excited for it. I'm excited to get one recorded. I digress, though. But on her podcast, and you said it at the beginning of this one, too, is that really like I found super fascinating was the idea of how you said that as you kind of were watering yourself, growing yourself, you saw that your business was growing in relation to it. Like how, if you're going to stay stagnant, you're not going to see any growth in your business. Like your, your business can't grow if you're not growing was kind of how you worded it. And I'm curious if, you know, you yeah, your, your business grows to the extent that you do. That your business grows to the extent that you do. So I'm curious. So you, so you can say that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious as to your like. Your podcast is going to grow to the extent that you do. Clay. Yeah. I, well, I No, it makes so much sense. So you're running the good path. Sorry. Sorry it. to interrupt No, no, no. You. You, I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm, you're so right though, because I've noticed that, that like the people that have been reaching out, like I'll, if I read another book, the, the level of people that reach out is so much like more intensive or the quality of conversations are getting better the number of reviews I'm getting on Apple or Spotify, they just increase. And I never made the direct correlation in my head, even going down this journey as I have. So I'm curious with you is like, you know, where did you hear that? Or did you just realize it yourself? And then how have you seen that play out within your real estate profession? Yeah. So I heard that there's this, I work, so I have a, a group called the Sutton group. I'm Michael Sutton, right? So I'm the CEO, Rainmaker head agent. And I broker my business through Keller Williams Realty, which is a, you know, international real estate brokerage. And Keller Williams has a, a training uh, company affiliate called Maps. And Maps is a coaching program called Bold, the business organization life by design. And in Bold, they have these things called Bold Laws. And, and there's, I'm gonna, sorry, KW, there's 14 or 17 of them. And they're like, um, one that I love is like, be, do, have right? And we could spend a lot of time on that one. No pressure, no diamonds. Like if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. But, but the one that I mentioned and that I like is, and I think is relevant here, aside from be do have, we can circle back to that one, but is your business grows to the extent that you do. And I was like, well, it makes sense, right? Because if I go out, right, like I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like it's an eat what you kill business, right? Like if I don't, if I go out hunting and I you know, and I don't get anything, I don't eat, right? Like I've got to generate my own business, right? I am the one who provides my income, right? Um, and so if I go out and get drunk and get hungover and I don't go to work the next day or I show up to work like that the next day, like that's how my business is going. I am the the, the business, right? Like I am the business, I'm running the business. So it's like, but if I'm reading, so I got into reading. So like I went from reading like basically nothing to reading a few books a year or two. Then I think the most I did, um, 
like in 2000, I mean, now I, I, I stay like on track with what I was doing, but I, I had this book this year that I think I read 19 books, which for me, like, you know, I think I'd read before that in my life, maybe like four books, you know what I mean? Right. And so to do 19 in a year was like an insane That's a lot. Uh, spike in my growth trajectory. Yeah. Um, and so that is kind of like what I, what I pace now and, and try to do is at least try to, I try to do two a month. I've actually, because I've been more intentional on, on growing my, my team, I've been kind of slowing down on it, but I just think it's, it's hugely important. Um, because so is there a trade-off? Is there a trade-off that you kind of weigh in your head of, I'm going to put effort into my business versus, you know, putting investing or putting effort into reading books? Sorry, it, my audio cut out. Could you repeat the question? Sure. Um, so what you're kind of highlighting there was like that you, you know, had taken time away from reading because you were, in, you know, putting effort into your team, investing your time into your team. And so I was curious, is that is there any conscious or is it like an intuitive feeling of how much effort or time even you put into reading versus growing your team? No, I think, I think what it is, is that I read every day still. So, but I used to be, I used to just put a lot more time into it, but as my business has grown, I don't, it's harder for me to put as much time into reading as I once was because the way that I've kind of been, I guess, taught to think is to get to achieve extraordinary results, right? Like I need to kind of like, I can't just kind of do this like balance thing, right? I've got to like go way out on a work push and then I'm going to like go way out like kind of and counterbalance, right? I'm not going to be like this much work, this much off, this much work. It's like, I need to work, 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 work to achieve crazy stuff, right? When I've got that momentum and that push and then I can go and take like a vacation or a Tulum for a week or whatever, right? Um, sure. And so during this time, it's not, I'm still very growth focused. It's just a pivot. So, so the reading, right. is not just for the sake of reading or collecting books, like trophies. It's more like, Hey, I'm obsessed with growth. I'm obsessed with learning. Um, and I want to be a better, um, a better agent for my clients. I want to be a better, uh, I want to play every role that I play in my life better. Right. I want to be a better son to my parents. I want to be a better friend to my friends. I want to be a better, um, boyfriend of my girlfriend. I want to be a better agent uh, to my my clients. I want to be a better leader for my team, right? And and reading is one of the best ways to get a lifetime of someone's knowledge and expertise condensed into something that you can ingest typically in like a month. So of course you're not going to become an expert on you know, something that someone has a PhD in and, and just wrote a book, but at least you're going to get the kind of one, one step or maybe, you know, 10 steps beyond like the cliff notes of it. Right. And so I just think that for me, it helps me learn more, which helps me think more, which helps me connect more with people. And just, it, it just, I mean, if you're listening to this and you don't read and if you don't like to read, I do most of my books, admittedly, like as audiobooks. I'm in the car a lot for my job. And and I, I'm not afraid to say, like, I'm not the best reader. Like, I can read out loud f 
quickly. I'm not like Billy Madison, like today, junior, <laughs> you know, like that's not me, but like my, I don't, my mind wanders, right? That's why I don't, I didn't like start to meditate because I wanted to, like I wanted to slow down. It's like my mind goes a million miles per hour. I need to do it yeah. for my own well being, right? And my mind can wander um, when I read. And so, like, I, but I want to get the information. So I do some books, uh, actual like physical books, and I do some, uh, and most on audio, but I just like getting the information and learning. And it's helped me be better just in life and just, um, and, and it's like to your point earlier, it's helped me connect with other people because I've once once you start reading these books, it's like you start meeting other people that read these books and you have something to talk about. And then you read you find out what else, I mean, that's how we got connected. Right. Because you read you've read a lot of the same books I have. And I was like, oh, maybe like we do have some similar interests because otherwise, I mean, how many times have we been in the same room and not and not really said much more than like, just, hey, how's it going? Good, cool, all right, <laughs> and we were probably later. slurring a little yeah. bit more than that. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I think I saw you even one time at the mountain recently when I was, you know, sober and like, yeah, you know, yeah, it just doesn't like, it's not something that really just comes up in conversation either. Like, Oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also fascinating because I, I've noticed that there are sometimes like, I don't really go around like in person broadcasting my like, Oh, Hey, I'm a podcast host. I'm a podcast host. But I do find it interesting how, sometimes these conversations just like start coming up or you can like kind of hear it in the way people talk or the words that they choose and you kind of can, you can feel them and you pick at them almost. And you're like, Oh, like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, let's like, you could, you could, it's so hard to put into words, but you can feel whenever they're on that same, like seeing the world through that same light. And like after, after once I pull that thread a little bit, it starts to like unwind and I see it's like, oh shit. I'm like, Hey, uh, I don't tell a lot of people this, but you should check out my podcast. And so it's, it's really cool to kind of be able to, you feel that once you start talking to people, but maybe, you know, you don't, it doesn't, you don't, you don't, you don't see it, I guess, at the surface level almost. Right. You have to, you have to start that conversation to get that ball rolling. Well, you don't see a lot at the surface level. And I think that's what like um, was so interesting when, I, like you mentioned Teal, like when I connected with Teal, it's like you look at someone like her or me and you just kind of think like on the surface or maybe even even you, it's like you just see them and you just think, oh, this is just some guy and, you know, just whatever. Like you don't really. Well, it's your like, projections, ask, right? Like, it's whatever you project. Exactly. Onto. It's like. It's like you don't really, and also too, it's like we're we ha, we're we're guarded, right, in today's world, and and just in general, that's how human beings are, right. And so it's like, you know, I've been reading some uh, Brene Brown recently, and she talks a lot about strength through vulnerability and being vulnerable. And I did this thing um, called uh, oh, I got a mosquito up in here, I think. Um, sorry, I I've got uh, I did this thing called the Landmark Forum, and in Landmark, I don't know if you've done it. It's kind of a cool. I thought it was a very cool experience, actually, for anyone looking for growth. I did it like when I started going on this journey, and it kind of helped kickstart everything. Um, but they talk about by being vulnerable um, and being open and honest, you actually in turn like give the person you're interacting with space to be vulnerable because you've kind of like said, "Hey, like here's me being vulnerable." So now like you don't have to feel your guard because I've been vulnerable with you first. Right. And so that's the thing. We're always in this kind of like, you know, Mexican standoff with like, hey, who's going to let you in first because we're afraid to get hurt. We're afraid, um, you know, what they say in Landmark, you know, kind of riffing on that is like we're really driven as human beings a lot by um, wanting to look good or not wanting to look bad. 
And, and it's just like, that's just a simple way of, of putting it like ego driven, right? Sure. Is like, we want to dominate or and we don't want to be dominated, right? We right. want to go up the hierarchy, not down, right? And so it's like being driven by that and then putting these stories in our, in our mind and like kind of circling back to earlier when we we're talking about kind of scorekeeping, right? Like we are rationalizing machines. Like our brains work in ratios and keep scores. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you determine value? It's like, well, what's it worth? Well, it's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Well, what does that really mean? It's like, well, how many, how much of my energy and attention do I need to give something to get this skill to then implement this skill to be given a currency to then trade that for this. And if I trade that for this, what else can I get right. for this much money? Right. And so it's all relative, right. right. To like how much of my time and energy, which is this going to take? And I, and I love exploring this concept and I'm glad you kind of, you kind of brought it up is like what a world without money would essentially look like. Right. Because based on our premise of what we were talking about before, um, where it's like, okay, I just know, like, if I do something good for you now, you don't have to pay me because I know somehow the universe is going to give me what I need in the future event before I even know it, it's going to line it up because I'm, you know, doing good things so that I can receive. So like in that frame of mind, we honestly, in a sense, don't really even need money. Like money just becomes a point of control for people to take advantage of in, in some way, shape or form. I'm not sure if you've ever thought about something like that or it's hard to imagine a world without money, honestly, because I remember, you know, I remember the first time that I had this idea in high school, like probably, I don't know, in like junior year of high school where I was like thinking about a police officer and different authority figures, you know? And I was just like, if you strip away like a badge and a uniform and all this like tough look and then like being like, it's just a person. And I remember it was like the first time just like, you know, coming out of that mind of like, oh, he's a cop, he's a this, they're a teacher. It's like, no, you're just a person. You show up and you play this character, right? And uh -huh. so it's like, I remember having that thought and then just really realizing they're people and they're really only given power that we give them or authority that we give them and we've all somehow agreed on, right? With money, it's hard for me to imagine a world without it. And it's hard for me to imagine a world like... I mean, I actually think that the invention of money is actually a positive thing because it kind of allows us to store our energy. I think like it's one of those things where like where like it was created because it was it, it filled something that was necessary, right? Because it's like you're like, maybe I'm going to go do this work now, but I want to get something in return later for it or I want to be able to to choose how this goes. And so it's like, I don't think that money is inherently like bad or or this and, and then i think sometimes too it's like i would rather work for money and be in the competitive business jungle than be than have the law of the animals and the beasts right it's sure. where it's like kill be kill and hide and run and you know what i mean like you better like the gazelle gets up and runs and the lion chases it and either the gazelle runs fast and the lion doesn't eat or the lion catches it and it eats i would rather have money than live like that but it's, I don't know, it's hard to fathom, honestly. Like, I would love to, like, and that's why I, I haven't ever been to Burning Man, but I hear it's like that where there's no money. I haven't been and to I feel like, yeah, that's what I've heard. I feel like I feel like I would have to go experience it so I could do it. It's, it's so hard to imagine. I mean, is it a cool idea? Totally. 
Like, I think like if we had a world where it worked like that, I would love that. I just, I, and I'd like to see it played out like Burning Man and like a microcosm. But yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's cool. I think if you had, um, it's hard to imagine because it's like, even if you had, um, a group of people who were like, let's call for the sake of, for lack of a better word, enlightened, right. You could probably have this because there's this faith and consideration where everyone's going to participate and, and exchange, um, good services, whatever, in, in a way where there is, um, a fairness and a balance and not really a dispute. Right. Right. But I think that as people like in human beings, like we have this time where we're not where we're, where we're kind of asleep or not spiritual, our spirit hasn't been awakened. We haven't had a spiritual experience to kind of awaken and enlighten us. And I think during that time, not having money, those people, but I guess I could argue, you could argue those people with money also are dangerous. Right. But like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's an interesting thought. I mean, what do you think? I can't even imagine it. Well, and that's also a pretty hard, hard thing to, to do is it's hard to imagine in the first place, right? Because I, because like, look at Riverside. Is it Riverside? Yeah. Let me call them out. I, who I'm recording with this with or Buzzsprout, right? Who hosts my podcast. How do I, right? Like, it's like, I need to, you would think it's like, okay, I need to give them money because I don't know them. Like, this was my thought with money is that it's a way for people who don't know each other to exchange value in some way, shape or form. Right. However, if we go off our premise from before, right? Like you're an entrepreneurial type guy. Like you just enjoy doing stuff. I just enjoy making this podcast. They just enjoy making a platform for people to host like, you know, audio. Right. So they just do that. Like that's just their thing. They just make it and just, it's all free. Anyone gets it. It's just free. Here's, Every feature we've ever created, we're just going to put it out there and you can use it. Now, by the laws that we were kind of messing with earlier, the whole giving to receive, in some way, shape, or form, would they just not receive it in, in a different way? Like, would it, is there not a way that it's like that they would find a way to just pull that energy in without it being in the form of monetary value? Like, wouldn't the universe just somehow? align in a way that it gives them everything they need whether it's you know food or water or shelter that's going to be proportionate to the amount of people that they have helped with buzzsprout or what they've helped with riverside you know based on just by putting it out there does that make sense i mean it does and i i follow the logic but i just feel like you know, I feel like there's so many things like I don't know if you could hear out the window. I just, you know, there's guys taking like picking up the trash right now. And I'm thinking that those guys aren't out there because they just like picking up the trash. Like, I think they're doing that because they need food and shelter and certain things. And I think for everyone who, um, like, I know there's been times in my life, like right now, I'm, I'm very blessed. I've worked hard. I've been lucky. But like, you know, I've had times where I was on hard times, right? And like not comfortable or in a good place financially. And like now I'm fortunate where I'm in a pretty good place. Um, and I think like all of us have these journeys and, and being in those places where we're struggling is where we actually have those times where we have to get real and, and where it kind of, um, we hit that point where we decide to, change is hard, man. Like I, I don't like when Google changes how Google looks. I'm like, what the fuck is they doing today? Like, you know what I mean? Or I don't like when my like iPhone update, yeah, where my iPhone updates and my apps look slightly different or where, when, 
you know, Instagram went from like that little, I don't know, when YouTube went from the old TV to the little play button, you know what I mean? You're like, like what's this little change? But you know what I mean? We don't. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I don't know. I would like to think so. But I just like part of me is as much as I love like positivity and stuff like that and, and, and the good energy. It's like I, I feel like we exist in a world where there is contrast. Right. And so it's like the idea of contrast. I just think it's like it's kind of like capitalism. I thought with capitalism, it's like is it perfect? No. Are there problems with it? Yeah, there's really big problems with it. But it's the best system we have now, right? It's kind of like cars. It's like, do cars pollute? Yes. It's but it was the best thing that we had to tr to tr uh, transport people. And, and now we're looking at, at ways to, you know, like now you have Tesla, like, like 20 years ago, Tesla, like couldn't have existed, people wouldn't have cared. Right? Right. right. Like, and, and it's just like speaking on timing. It's like, how many things do you see like that were good ideas that were too ahead of their time and they didn't come to fruition? That's right? so funny. They, there was, they were, yeah, there was a, yeah. uh, there was actually just something on um, uh, one of the TV shows or something. I forget what it was, but this guy designed this. I don't, I forget exactly. I think in modern day, it would have been something like a calculator, like an automatic calculator, but he designed it with all these gears and, and it was very sophisticated. This might've been like, I don't know how long ago it would have been maybe like the 1800s or something, but the specifications for it called for such thin or such small, uh, intricate grooves for the gears to like met, like get a part of where they couldn't, they couldn't make it work. It was like, like they couldn't actually, they didn't have the machinery to cut the grooves in the right way and the, make it so small that they fit together. Or maybe it was like a machine that learned regardless. It was something that was so beyond its time. And you know, this was like in the 1800s and like today they took his drawings and rebuilt it and it worked perfectly. Like they didn't even That's need crazy. to change anything about it. Like the entire blueprints, it just worked. Like if they would have had the technology, it would have been in the 1800s that they had this. You know, what's so crazy about that is I can't remember the time, but when I went to Rome a long time ago, they were talking about like the tour guide was talking about how they had this like recipe for like a certain kind of like concrete or concrete. Okay. Maybe it was like fast drying concrete. I don't remember what, and then they lost it. Somehow it got lost the technology and like the recipe to make it. And then, so they went all these like many, many years without it before they actually were able to figure it out again. And I'm like, that's so interesting to think because now with like all our databases and stuff, but it, but it's like funny to think like, what if, what if like they just lost like the ability to make plastic or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Or, or like, what if someone had a technology that would change the world, but they're like, well, we don't have, you know, the ability to um, construct things that are so small. Right. I mean, now it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, where things are getting with technology, but I mean, imagine being that guy and then thinking, Oh, this is never going to happen. And then way outside of your lifetime, they make your invention and it works. Yeah. Dude's looking up from wherever. I'd like is. to think he's got a, his spirit yeah. <laughs> new or, or, you know, got some acknowledgement, but then again, like wanting that acknowledgement is like an egoic, egoic pursuit, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's an ego driven and, thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and planting a tree, knowing that you'll never sit under it. That's, that's really, that's the spiritual path, you know? Right. Right. It's like, it's the whole, like helping somebody else kind of thing without expecting anything in return. That's huge, man. And, 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 and I love that you said that because I, I think I forgot to touch on that. And that's something I'd really love to Please do. also point out is when you talk about like manifestation and stuff, right. It's like, 
And then also just like living and going on like a, um, a journey and not just for manifesting stuff because having stuff you want is great. Right. But like also having like fulfillment in life is, is so important. And, um, I don't know if you've read Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning, but he's talking about having something like, like purpose and meaning is what was able to get the people who survived through the horrific experience of the Holocaust and his, from his perspective as a psychiatrist or psychologist, um, kind of what helped them, um, persevere. Right. And, and get through it is having this sense of meaning or there was something they were going to do afterwards, right? Kept them going. And he watched men who, and women who didn't have that just utterly deteriorate, you know, under all this stress and these God awful conditions, but, um, being of contribution, right? So like having like basically the basic recipe for manifestation that, that I've been kind of taught and I've kind of, you know, everyone, you get a recipe, right? Even if it's like for your grandma's, secret ribs you might throw a little bit like maybe grandma didn't like spice and you like a little spice so you got a little chili to to her sauce right right maybe you're a purist maybe you're not but like so this is kind of what i've been taught plus it might have a little bit of my own touch on it but it's being clear on you on what you want and getting it in your head writing it down every day matching it to the vibrational frequency within you right so like you can call that getting into an emotional state. Like there's a lot of ways of putting it, but it's, but it's getting yourself on that vibe. It's like writing it down, getting in a state of gratitude where you're really going to attract these things into your life. And when, and when I think people like you lose certain people, like, or I lose certain people when you start talking about vibrational states in this, it's just like, it's like, man, get on a vibe of like how many times when you meet someone, you're like, Oh, I don't like their vibe. Right. Vibe just means energy, man. Like, get over yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. to, to these people listening, like, being like, that's some bullshit. It's like, no, it just means get in a state of gratitude. When you meet someone and they're, like, happy and positive and, like, grateful, you're like, I like this person, right? So when you're out in the world interacting with people, you're clear on what you want. You you come from contribution. Hey, how can I help you not expect anything to return? I've got an attitude of gratitude. Like, how can you not get what you want, right? Like, you're out there helping people with a good attitude and you're clear on what you want, right? Like taking all of the spiritual, like kind of like esoteric, like out there stuff out of it, like that alone should, should like should be evidence enough. Plus, writing your goals every day, like you could be not into any of this stuff at all, right? And 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 I mean, I would hope you would believe that that will have some lasting effect, right? So the clarity, matching it with the vibrational frequency, and then writing it down and pursuing it but believing it's going to happen. And, and, and even if you have doubt, that's okay, but believing it's going to happen because eventually you're going to believe it fully because it's going to start getting closer and, and, and understanding that you're not going to know how it's going to play out because your brain has never, like if your goal is to start a podcast and be a successful podcaster, it's like, well, you've never done that before. So your mind's like, how am I going to do that? You don't know how to edit sound. You don't know how to record like what are you going to do you don't have the equipment you don't even know the equipment it's like well um in your thing change right change, change. change. <laughs> and then right and then it's like well let me go look that up on the internet let me do this let me write this down let me write a a, a, a list of people that i'd like to be on it and a dream list and let me go for it right and then all of a sudden you start recording episodes and you start showing up and people might be like oh clay's doing this podcast thing but you start doing this for a year or two they're gonna be like oh yeah clay has a podcast Oh yeah. Like, Oh, his logos kind of changed his brain. This, Oh man, he got this guy on that guy's pretty legit. All of a sudden you walk around walking, talking, feeling like it, 
Um, and I was talking to this, I actually, you know, I'm working on a podcast project right now. I haven't released any, um, called real original podcast. Right. And the guy I had on yesterday, my, my buddy, Adam, uh, Shaw, we were talking about, he introduced me a book to called originals by Adam Grant. Have you ever read that one? I have not read that. It's, it's a really good one. I think you, you the dig originals? it. But, um, no, just originals, originals, originals originals by adam grant he also wrote give and take both of those must reads by the way <laughs> but in originals he talks about the people like you know beethoven and um leonardo da vinci anyone who has a, a a work of art or anything that's considered a masterpiece and, and kind of like the higher level like the masterpiece is the bigger the body of work that person has so so kind of like the ten thousand hours to become a master at something it's like the more pieces of, of, of work or art that someone has that is like just a phenomenal masterpiece, the more just utterly shit doodles and crap pieces of music or trash paintings, drawings this person has. Dude, I mean, because I can totally relate yeah. to that because there's there's some podcasts I have and, you know, maybe I just feel it myself. Maybe it's inward projection. Um, there have been a couple which have... <laughs> ironically enough not been recorded well and so we had to toss them out but just like just at the end of it i'm just like wow that podcast kind of sucked but it's like you need that in order to have like that reference point of like okay well why was it bad like what did you do wrong in this one in order so you can make the next one great like what's going to and then what did you do good exactly yeah exactly you're talking about talking about like business growing to the extent that you do the idea and one of the things i've i've learned to journal it's like what did I learn? What did I do well? And what could I do better on? Right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, kind of like you, you got to celebrate the wins. You can't just focus on the flaws because what you focus on expands. That's another bold law. Shout out this program. Where your, where your attention goes, energy flows. That's my way. There I say you go. Yeah. Same, same, same idea. Love it. Love it. It's it. And it's, and it's true. Right? So it's like, if you, and that's why also too, like I train my team on this AID now too, my real estate team and, and, and everybody that listens and wants to hit big goals, I train them on because it's like, I'm like, if you wake up every day and the first thing you do is train your brain to write and look for things you appreciate, what do you think you're going to do when you get out there in the fucking world, dipshit? Yeah. Your brain's going to be like, where's all these things I appreciate? It's like, or if you're looking at like, where's my flaws, where are my flaws? All you're going to see is flaws. I mean, there was another, I can't remember the book, but they're talking about um, professions where there's a lot of suicide and they're talking about attorneys because attorneys were always looking for flaws in an argument. And so the argument was like, and, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty of really happy attorneys out there, but like for a certain part of the population, you know, getting fixated on like Negativity. the flaws of an argument and, and looking, yeah, looking for that. And how can I like, um, find these flaws? And it's like, your brain just gets trained to look for the things like, what yeah. you're looking for, you're, you're typically going to find exactly. as long as you're looking for it. Cause eventually you're either going to find it. And as long as you keep finding it, you'll keep looking for it when you need it for confirmation or eventually you're going to be like, I'm not finding this and you're going to give up. Well, and that's right? what's so crazy about the human mind is that a, we're kind of programmed for like the, the seek out the negativity because we always want to improve. We always want to be better. But the problem with that is, is like what you're highlighting is that we, we are training ourselves to look for it. It's like, 
you know, the whole red car thing. If you, if you look for red cars, all you're going to find are red cars. And so it's like, just, yeah. just find a way, whatever it is. I highly suggest meditation is my way, but however you can is to retrain your brain to look for those positive things, to look for money, to look for love, to look for happiness. And what you come to is to realize that it's all already here. It's already in this present moment because, you know, we can get into why time doesn't exist and it's just a, an illusion. Um, but you know, it is all happening right now. It is all, all the money that you ever have is coming to you right now. You know, it's all, and again, it's, I know this is difficult if you're in a place of fear or scarcity, but it's like, you're in that place because of past conditioning to being pulling in that, that past conditioning of lack of insecurity of that's what you're fixated on. I call it the shameless effect. Um, if you've ever seen that show before, uh, I've, I've, my girlfriend likes it and I know it's supposed to be good. It's on my list, but dude, like as, so I'd as, stay away. as someone, <laughs> okay. Okay. I was going to say it's like uh, one day, but it's like, man, I just like, don't get as much time for like TV these days as I mean, it's like, I kind of do it to zone out and there's a couple shows that I'll make time for, but right. like, it's one of those that I just haven't got to. Well, don't get me, so you say it's not worth it. Well, don't get me wrong. It's, <laughs> it's a really good show, but you start finding yourself mad at the characters because they keep making bad decisions after bad decisions, after a worse decision, mm -hmm. even worse decision. And what they always say is, is, Oh, I'm a Gallagher, which is their last name. I'm a Gallagher. This is supposed to happen to me. I'm a Gallagher. This is supposed mm -hmm. to happen to me. And you're like self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly, man. man. And it's like, you can just make that. And I know it's difficult at times, but if you find a way to meditate, you can switch that in your brain to be searching out the positive, searching out love, searching out, you know, fulfillment in other ways. And it's, you, you get to a point where you realize that it, it's all here right now. And so there's really nothing to search for. Totally, man. Like the, like the, you know, Eckhart Tolle or Tolle, like is probably written he's written the power of now in, in a new earth and i've read i have read a new earth probably five times it's my go-to book when i'm feeling out of alignment to kind of bring me back and and his books and all of this stuff talks about um you know and the, the book is called the power of now right and yeah. like he's just such a smart guy and he says it and i'm going to totally butcher it and it might not get but i remember i was really ready to receive the message when he said something to the effect of like when you are aligned with a now and you are really connected and in the present moment, you are there and present and like aligned with the entirety of the universe. Like, and you are, you have that like power behind you. And I'm like, damn, that is really profound. Like you are like really present and aware that you and the entire universe are at the same place at the same time. And I was like, damn, that's a trip. It's really hard to actually like imagine that. But I was like, that is actually the, the power of the present moment, right? right? And being present is you are present to that. Hey, I'm here and now with the universe, everybody and everything, right? Because it doesn't matter if you blast off Jeff Bezos in the space, like, bro, we're still in the now until they find like that going through a black hole brings you into some different space time. But like for now, you know what I mean? Um, that's that's where we're at right like there's nothing experienced outside of the now well, and we're all there at the same time your now isn't different from mine we're in the same now another right and it's another way that yeah, i've seen it described trip. is like you know we think of it as like and i'm gonna make a hand gesture on the screen so if you're not watching i'll try to explain it but it's just like 
you know, it's, it's past, present, future, you know, there's this linearity we see, but in reality, it's kind of stacked on top of each other where it's like past now, past, present, future. And they're kind of all stacked on top of each other, as opposed to it being like this kind of like linear pattern that we normally see where it's, you know, it's, we, we, we view time as linear, you know, you think of any graph, right? Like in science, like time Mm -hmm. is across the X axis. But in reality, it's all kind of stacked along the y-axis, and it's just moving through. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so difficult to describe in that sense, but it's it's happening. You know, it's so it's so interesting because it's like we use our brains to make sense of the universe and the the world, right? And there's certain things that we can't like comprehend, right? Like we can get a sense of, like we can we can comprehend that there's like stars in the sky, but like it's been told to me by someone. And so, you know, you can fact check this. I'm not sure, but it was told to me by someone who took like a buddy of mine when we were in college that he just got out of like his astronomy class or whatever. And he was like, dude, I just learned that there are more stars in the universe than there are like grains of sand on a beach. And each star is like so much bigger than planet earth. And so you start to think it's like, I hear you, I like conceptually understand that, but I can't fathom that because I can barely like fathom like, you know, like to if you told me right now, like to go get food and I had to walk two miles, I'd be like, you don't have time to go walk two miles. But then you're telling me I'm in this like universe that's that's vast. Like even if you told me like, you know, on that example, go go count all the the, the grains of sand on the beach. I'm like, hell no. And I can actually walk the, the beach, right? Like, yeah. there's that many stars like it's just so unfathomable how how much it is and 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 like thinking about the spirit too and just experiencing things it's like and just like you know your your psilocybin experiences you can't really articulate fully that because it, it's things that you feel in emotions um things you feel in your body and your spirit and it's like so how can you articulate that i mean you could you could explain to someone all day for for a lifetime what that experience is like but unless you actually go through it and feel that you don't really know you know what i mean yeah and and i think that's a huge point of it too is the feeling like the the feeling is so important especially i think with manifest that's why ai scares the shit out of me to be honest because i can't feel because well beyond like that just like you take who's programming these computers, human beings, right? And what are what are we doing with with code? It's like our logic and our intellect, right? Which is very powerful. But without the emotional, spiritual component of the human, it it's, it doesn't make you fully human, right? And, and I think the logic and intellect can be very cold, right? Like it can be, and then it's also like your logic and intellect comes from, you know, it's going to be influenced by your culture, right? By your your race, your gender, right. what time you're in. And so you're going to put all of these things that come from, from a certain kind of logic into this, this thing to calculate things. And then it's going to build on itself and create its own stuff because AI builds on itself um, without the ability to kind of have that feeling and check and balance with like, hey, this is out of spiritual alignment. Right. Right. Which, and it's just like, to me, I, I just find it so frightening. And I think it's a disaster waiting to happen. And, and it's the funniest thing, too, is I think as human beings, it's like, we almost like intuit our own demise. Like, Hey, we're going to build these like robots and it's going to be like Terminator, but we're still going to do it. Cause we just like have to, it's just, you know, yeah, it's the whole Skynet like, thing. Right. 
Yeah. Well, and that's and that's kind of something that is really fascinating. Two things are like Elon Musk is putting up those satellites in order to have an internet all over the world. Like, first of all, that's a crazy thought because that's like literally what Skynet is. I think he's calling it a uh, Starlink. But I think Skynet is what was in Terminator, and it's basically yeah, <laughs> it's basically what Elon's creating. Um, but I also, and so I used to have a very doom and gloom kind of approach to it too, especially coming from a software engineering, computer engineer background. But I, there's, and we bring this back to spirituality. There has to be a reason that our intuition is propelling us in the sense to create robots, right? Like. The way I see it is that, you know, nothing's good or bad. This is all, everything's happening as it needs to. So the question becomes is why is there a human intuition? Although we, so many people are like, this is bad. There's, this shouldn't be, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't be creating AI. Like even Elon Musk went on a huge thing about how we need to slow down with AI because we're doing something we don't understand. This was probably like five years ago, but the fact that our intuition is still pushing us, the universe in a sense is still pushing us to create this artificial intelligence is to me, what really kind of like blows my mind open as to like, well, does the universe need the artificial intelligence that we are going to create? Is this like what humans purpose was for the universe was to create this AI that who knows may ultimately eradicate the human race. If that is what happens, like that would suck. And I hope it doesn't, but is that what we, our purpose was put on this planet to do was to create AI and then to wipe out humanity? Like, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just don't know. You know, it's, it's interesting. And that's, I've never thought about it like that. And it's, it's one of the things too. And I think it kind of like, is one of those like, kind of like mind benders for me, because it's like, there's this paradox that as human beings, right. And I mentioned Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning is we have this deep need for, um, meaning for significance for, um, these like connections with people and, and these experiences where we feel like we have a purpose and a meeting and we're self-actualized, self-actualized when in reality, like, I think everything is really meaningless. I think that we assign it meaning and our brains want to give us meaning, but it doesn't really have it. It's more like, you know, what's the meaning of a dance? I think it's, 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 it's almost like, universal intelligence wanting to do something kind of like a different higher level more complicated dance than it has before right and so it's like it's a it's it's this it's just this weird thing i mean it's life's just a trip right it is what you make of it i think and it's like you can go through your whole life kind of asleep and just kind of kind of go to work and make money and come home and drink beer and watch tv and, and do that till you die or like you know what I mean? Or you could, you can go on the journey, make it about all this meaning, but it's like, it doesn't mean one's right or wrong or one's better than the other. It just, I mean, I know the choice that I've made, but it's like, it's weirder. I was talking to a friend of mine. It's like the deeper you go down the rabbit hole or the more you kind of go into certain things, it's almost like, it's almost like everything kind of goes full circle and the, and the, and it's like this paradox of like, it always leads you back to the, to the simplest of things, right? <laughs> like it's like, yeah. you can go way out there on these limbs and this and that, but it always comes back to being this really simple thing or, um, or kind of the idea, like if you read Adam Grant's book, give and take, he's a behavioral psychologist. And what he determines through empirical evidence is that people who 
um, have the most money, like between givers and takers, and he has all these metrics to like measure it. Okay. The 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 giver givers have the least, takers are kind of in the middle, and the people who have like the most 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 like stratosphere are givers. So the givers are are the extremes, and the takers are kind of in okay. between. I just wrote down that book because it. I want to read that. It's really you definitely need to read it, man. And originals. Adam Grant's books are are, are good. Um, I I think I think they're must reads. And, so, but, and um, something that kind of hits me by that is, um, I remember you know we're all in this whole you know uh, in this whole mindset of like oh the rich need to pay their fair taxes and you know we we don't have to go down that whole rabbit hole. But I remember, <laughs> but but the point that it's it's fascinating is that it was brought up or that question was phrased towards like Jeff Bezos. I don't remember exactly the question, but his whole thing was, is like, yeah, like, you know, I'm worth, let's say $2 billion, but Amazon is worth like $50 billion, something like that. Maybe that's a, maybe I'm completely off on those numbers. But the point is, is that he created $48 billion worth of money for other people. Like we all look towards this one person as like, he's the one who has all the money and it's like, well, yeah, he should be rewarded, you know, like you're saying, he should be rewarded for the invention he did. But in reality, he's also created $48 million worth, and, and fact check those numbers, but $48 million worth of wealth for other people, you know? And is that kind of yeah. in line with what that book is saying? I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like, I guess in the way I, th- I think about it is it's like the people who are at the very top take an attitude of giving and they give massive amounts of money to charities and donate it because they're looking at how they can help. And most of them want to impact and, and enact change, positive change in the world. Okay. Right. And, and j- to get back to kind of my, you can call it a theory or whatever, but just that kind of universal, what I found to be a universal truth of being able to, in order to be able to really receive, you have to be able to give and vice versa is like, they're giving the most. So they're, they're also receiving the most, right? Whereas the givers at the bottom, all they do is give. So they're not able to receive and they get walked all over. And then the takers, they never really get that far because they might be able to take a lot, the best takers, but they can't get past a certain level because people, they get branded as takers and people know what they are. There's only a certain amount of the population they can fool and they can only go so far on that. Right. And, um, you'll just have to dive into it, man. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, it's kind of, it, there is, cause I think if I remember correctly, cause it's, I read it a couple of years ago and I was just talking about it with my buddy yesterday, but like he uses people if, and I want to say people like Bill Gates and just different people because he has to, like, it's people who have given so much to charity. Right. And, um, and I think, though, to your point, it's like, look, we look at these, we look at people like characters like Jeff Bezos, right? And you can say, oh, he needs to do more and do this. But it's like the fact of the matter is, it's like, if you don't want to support someone like that, stop ordering shit off Amazon. Right. Yeah, right. Those are probably the people that are um, buying, you know, they have Amazon right? Prime. Yeah, like they, go, go, yeah, go drive to the store. Yeah. Don't get Amazon Prime or, or, or go to Target, Walmart.com. Right. You'd run into the same conundrum if you do that though. Right. Cause then you're still supplying the quote unquote top 1% in your mind. Yeah. And the, well, the thing is too, it's like what I think a lot of people are, are looking at is like, well, is it really their fault that, I mean, I'm sure there's a population of people where it's like, yes, you are in a bad position because of a certain group, 
um, is putting you at a disadvantage. And I can see why those people would be mad. But the people that come to mind for me, and at least in my experience, aren't those people. They're people who maybe grew up middle class and are chose to go to college for something that they know isn't going to give them a promising career. They chose to take out a loan to pay for that college. And then when they don't get a good job that has earning capacity, it's really easy to blame someone else and blame Jeff Bezos because of the choices they've made and they're not choosing to do something different. And right? and I think like, what you just hit is a huge, I see it as a huge pivotal step to raise and to elevate your consciousness. Is what, and I'm projecting here because I think this was a huge thing in my discovery process is I remember kind of, you know, once you realize you get saddled with this debt from college and even though I was a software engineer, I still had a shit ton of debt that I had to pay down. And I'm like, shit, why the fuck did no one tell me <laughs> that this was what was going to happen? And I remember I was actually kind of mad or angry at my dad, you know, displacing my responsibility of it onto somebody else. And I was like, dad, why did you never tell me like this was going to happen? Why is this, that, the, this place of anger? The way I see it, though, is that that anger is kind of the doorway. It's like entering that state of 4D consciousness where you're now starting to make that slip out of like that just, okay, I'm just going to go to work. I'm just going to pay my bills. I'm just going to collect my check every two weeks. I'm just going to pay my bills. I'm just going to keep going. I'll drive my car. I'll spend 10 hours of my day going to work, coming home, doing nothing, sitting on the couch, watching TV. Like that's 3D. Then you kind of get to the next stage where you're like angry. You're like, shit, why have I been lied to? Why did I not know there's these other things? Like da 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 da. All these things kind of go through your head. Then you get to the next step, which is when you're like, oh, I needed to learn that so that I could move past it and know that I never want to go in debt again. Because in order for me to know that debt is bad and how how awful it feels. I had to experience it. I had to be in that place of debt. I had to be somewhere I didn't want to be. Now, hindsight, be a place where I didn't want to be in order to know that progress, know what that feels like to to transcend that anger now and be like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, my bad. Like, that was me. I, I just needed to get out of that. I needed to transcend it and be thankful and grateful for experiencing that to get me to where I am today. Well, and that's the, that's the, I think what I take from everything you just said, Clay, is you, at the end of the day, the damage was done. You had the debt, you had the education. No one can ever take your education away from you. And you had a choice of, I'm, I can either be mad at my dad, who I know has my best interest at heart and probably just wanted me to have an education. So I had options. So I didn't have to, you know, I know my dad beat it into my head because he was a car mechanic. Right. He's like, you need to go to college because I work with my body and I can't do this forever. And my body's fucked up and I'm in pain all the time. And, and I, I'm so lucky that your mom's business is doing well so I can retire early, but like all the guys I'm working with aren't going to be able to do that. And if I wasn't able to do that, I'm going to die like an early death or be like mangled physically. Right. So he like beat it into my head, like go get an education. So you don't have to work with your body. You can work in air conditioning. You you know what I mean? Right. And, and our parents, I think grew up like that. Like my mom told me, Oh, like in our parents today, they just said, Oh, go to get, go to college and then you'll get a job. That's the best they know. So I think, you knew you're like, okay, I can either be resentful of my dad who really loves me and cares about me and supports me. Or I can just say, where's the lesson in this? This discomfort exactly. is making me feel away. And the other thing too, is like one thing that like kind of gets me fired up and I think, but change takes a long time. Right. And, and, and logic makes people think, right. Emotions make people act. If enough people in our generation get saddled with debt, 
and feel like they got kind of the short end of the stick, they're probably not going to tell their kids to go to college and our culture is going to shift. And it's unfortunate there's, there's a group of people that have to go through a pain to propel for the next, the benefit for the next generation. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of the thing that sucks is, and it's kind of like, I feel like a timing thing. If you're now and your kind of role is to be the person who got the short end of the stick. So your kids don't have it as bad. That sucks. But it's like, it's a thing that happens, you know? And it's like, um, and it's kind of like a luck of the draw. And it's like, but at the same time, you can look at it as like, oh, this sucks and I had to do this. Or, hey, I went through this I'm starting this to experience. lose you a bit. So I can tell you're riffing, oh, but I'm, I'm kind of losing a uh, connection here right now. Okay. Can you, can you hear me now? All right. I got you. I hear you. Okay, cool. Hopefully I kind of got, well, I was riffing, but now I'm kind of, kind of off it, but, <laughs> or I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Sorry about to lose connection. But it's like. Oh, I think we're can good. you hear it now? Though? I can hear you. Yeah. Go okay, cool. Run with it. Yeah. So, but I guess, I guess the, the whole, um, the whole point is like how you look at things, right? Like I've had some like really rough experiences in my life where I was really on hard times and like where I thought like I was in a really dark place. Right. And I could either look at it like, Oh, poor me, poor me, this sucks. Or now I can use that negative experience as in you know, another arrow in my quiver to be able to help relate to other people, to help other people go through, like who are going through what I went through and saying, and be a light or an example of like, Hey, like I was there in the dumps, but like, look at where I'm at now. And I can be an example for you as someone who can do it. Um, and I can use that as a point of strength, right. And experience. So it's like, I mean, there's so many stories, you know, they bring up and like when you're in like the business world, like the the guy in uh, Thinking Grow Rich who, you know, like almost like struck oil or whatever. And he was like so close and then he stopped and sold all his stuff. And like the guy who got it from him, like became like a multimillionaire many times over. But then he went and I can't remember his gold or oil, but like, you know, and then he goes and he's like, fuck this. Like, and he just starts this massive insurance company and makes way more money than if he would have got all that stuff. Oh, really? Because he was so, yeah. Have you never read Thinking Grow Rich? I have. I have, but I don't remember him. The guy that was mining the gold, he stopped and started an insurance company. I think that's what it was. I think it was okay. insurance. It's like he, he missed it by so little and then he, he was like so driven by like, so it's like, instead of being like, well, I miss this I'm, and drink myself to death because I missed my one opportunity. Oh, gotcha. And that goes back to like, li like, I think what we've kind of been talking about without labeling it is limiting beliefs, right? It's like, because it's like, I get this limiting belief sometimes that like, oh, I missed my opportunity and I'll never get another opportunity. Well, it's like, have I, so I have to stop myself, like change, right? Like <laughs> you're doing it. Thoughts nice. change, right? It's like, well, have I had opportunities in the past other than this one? Yes. If I, at the time, did it see at that point in that now, in that period, did it seem like there might not be another opportunity? Well, yeah, it felt like that, but did I get more opportunities? Yes. Have I had more since then? Yes. So in all likelihood, will I have more? Yes. Would it be better if I capitalize on all the opportunities that came? 100%. Hell yes. But you know, it's like, it's like people always talk about lucky. It's like, you know, your, your, your thing with shameless, it's like, oh, that's just Gallagher's. Well, what if you're like, well, Hey, like, you know, Coutieri's are always lucky. Like Lannister's always pay their debts, right. right? You're like, I always 
get like if you trained yourself to to think like that i bet your life would you would find yourself being luckier and i just feel like luck you know and i didn't make this up is luck is just prep uh preparedness when it meets opportunity right like when you're prepared like if you had a lot of money when bitcoin was new and you could be like here i'll put a thousand dollars in it i read about bitcoin back in the day and i was young but i was like young and poor and stupid and partied all the time i didn't have like a thousand dollars to put in bitcoin right when it was at a penny that I could just lose. But imagine, that would ch- ch- literally change your life. Hey man, get in now and just hold on for dear life because it's gonna, we're not, we're just scratching the surface right now. You think so? Oh man, dude, we're, we might be at like, oh yeah. All the numbers point to the fact that there's like nobody, like you think it's big, but like there's nobody's in it. Like it, hypothetically speaking, like ratio wise based on, uh, the amount of money that's like in gold, the amount of money, look at like overall market capitalization of like gold, oil, um, you know, stocks, like, and then compare that to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general, it's, it's negligible. Like once like the public, once mainstream people, like once our generation, once the kids below us start getting like wealth and accumulating wealth, it's going to explode. I saw this whole printout on Reddit and it was kind of breaking down how easy it would be for Bitcoin to actually hit a million dollars of Bitcoin. And just based on the capital market capitalization with comparing it to like oil and gold and everything that it pointed out was like, okay, like this makes sense. And obviously this is not financial advice. <laughs> Do whatever you want with your money. But asterisk, asterisk hard asterisk, yeah, hard asterisk. <laughs> Uh, but just, I, you know, do your research that could be like a lot of hype there, but it's, I think that what we're seeing now and, and the reason that there's, I think the volatility of it proves that I think the fact that it is so volatile, the fact that we've had so many dips in the last, you know, five, six years, it, it proves that like, it's so new. It's, it's only what 2009, 2008 that it came around or was created. So like, the fact that this market is only 16 years old, like, and you know, it's had the explosion that it has and it still has the volatility, I think points to everything in the right direction. I I think it even, you know, to that point, I heard that it was the fastest adapted technology in human history, you know, like in recent human fastest. I'm sure fire was probably the fastest. (laughs) Well, fastest growing, (laughs) fastest growing asset class in human history, for sure. It was, Without a doubt, it made the most people rich ever. And it's going to, if people would stay in it and don't freak out over these little dips and buy more, I wish I had money on the side to buy more. But regardless, you're going to, in the next 10 years, it's, it's, we're not even, it's just starting. We're still in the early adopters phase. Like there's so much more money for it to be had. It's crazy. Yeah. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know what I mean? Oh, especially with all this like metaverse shit, which is interesting as well, right? Because this kind of ties into our earlier conversation with the metaverse. And it's like, you know, part of me in NFTs like doesn't want to believe it. Um, but, you know, Gary Vee had a great thing where he's like, he's like, oh, everybody's like so against NFTs. But like, you want a blue check next to your name. Like put people put value on having a blue check next to your Twitter handle or putting it next to your Instagram. It's like there is this in the tie back into spirituality there's this energy or this like innate like drive for us to be connected with machine in some way, shape or form, whether it's through AI, whether it's through like these Neuralink programs that Elon Musk is doing where he's putting chips in your head. It's like, there's something about us that is so addicted to technology that we're just obsessed with it. It's, it's complete divide from nature, but we are 
just gripped by it and just but is it though but is it though because if you say we're put on this planet and we did it and we're animals then isn't that natural it's a byproduct of it right it would be right regard there's nothing on the uh, nothing on the planet i mean that you can say isn't natural because everything comes from the planet right like you can say it's it's synthetic you could say it's man-made you could say we mixed chemicals but what are chemicals you know if there there are compounds found on the earth that we've you know, exposed to different temperatures and energies and, and mixed together to do it's things. Right. Argument. So they're all, so it's like, it's it, the, the whole thing about not natural. It's like, well, I get what you mean. It, it's, it's, I get the difference between organic, but like it, it's part of nature. We did it. We are part of nature. Right. And so it's like, I think with tech, it just back to that thing is like, we're designed to want to use the least amount of energy possible. And right, if we're running an unconscious program, it's it's way easier to go in and get that dopamine hit. Like, I forgot my phone the other day when I went to breakfast with my girlfriend. I can't tell you how many times I reached for my pocket to just like glance at my phone. It's crazy. I'm completely addicted. It's to crazy. It. Um, it's crazy. I'm I'm a hundred percent addicted to it. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. And I I, I know I'm not the only one. And I'm probably it probably is everyone. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Almost everyone. And at least in our age group and younger and the whole thing with like the metaverse and all that too, is like, I think, and the blue check and the NFTs of like the board, a yacht club and all that. I think it's like, you know, tying back to what we were talking about, you know, towards the beginning of the conversation with human nature, it's like, well, what is it? What is the blue check mark? It's status. Because what happens if you have status, you have more, you have a higher likelihood of attracting better friends with more money, more status, bigger, stronger, better looking, better mates, better, you know what I mean? Like everything puts you higher in a hierarchy, right? And, and that's what we want to be. We want to be the, the the top dogs. Our egos want us to do that. It's like, why else would you pay a bunch of money for a stupid fucking cartoon monkey, right? right? Like, you know what I mean? And no offense, like I, I like art and it's like, you know, and there's a, there's a part of me, bro. Like I, I guarantee if I was rich, like really rich, I would buy one of those stupid fucking things. Right. You know why? Because I'd go over to the mountain. I'd be like, "Yo, Clay, Dan, everybody, like, look, I got this fucking stupid monkey." Like, right. you know, like all the right. like all the famous people. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like famous people. Right. Like, and so I can't even hate on it because I would do it because I am like a barely conscious monkey. What a shout out, conscious monkeys! Yeah. I like that. By the way, I like the intro. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But you know what I mean? So it's like it's like, and I I I can't even front like I'm above it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like. Cause I'm not, I'm a human. And, and as much as I like to be like, Oh, I'm conscious and this, and I'm not yet that enlightened. You know what I mean? Where, sure. where, 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 but it's like, at the same time, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't buy it as like an investment. And I, I mean, I'm sure some people are killing it, but it's just like, there's people that kill it with everything when they really know it. But I, I just like to stick to what I, what I know, or at least, no more you know but it's it's just crazy like if you would have said like people were paying that kind of money with a digital decentralized currency is how they're paying for it for these like essentially jpegs of like and they're not even that complicated of drawings you know like it it i would have been like there's no way like if you had told it's me crazy. that a year ago two years yeah. ago five years ago it'd be like no well, like, it wasn't even a concept. No it wasn't even a, con- it wouldn't even have been something you could talk about because the idea of blockchain wasn't even implemented, right? There was, they were studying blockchain like in the nineties, but it wasn't even a, a formally in, in, 
it wasn't even formally implemented until 2008. So like if you go back to the beginning of the internet, even like people thought the internet was a fad, like that was never going to exist. That was never going to be something that was real. So, you know, to even, you know, we're even just, we're only 20 years into the internet even. And it's like our whole you world is so quickly changing. So can they use blockchain to like, you know, because if it's so unique and, and protectable, can they use it for like encrypting like passwords and stuff? Cause, cause can you think like, okay, well, why wouldn't I put my like personal, well, it's public. Why wouldn't I spread out some? Well, it depends on the blockchain, oh, but public. there's public ledgers. So you can keep track of where everything is and. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I haven't like, yeah, I've only vaguely understand the technology admittedly. Well, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. We got to, the viewers like uh, sticking on spirituality a little bit more. So <laughs> maybe there's a way Good, we can tie I it. Re- I, I, I know very little about that and I know even less about about Bitcoin and blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> so let's keep it on the topic. Let's push it. Let's push it back to, let's push it back to spirituality. Um, yeah. So were there like, I don't even know how we go back to spirituality from blockchain. <laughs> what are the spiritual implications of it? Oh, I guess that ties it back to the money. Well, so- Oh, you know what? I think uh, spirituality and money. I think there's actually this, um, this book that I really liked um, by Lynn Twist called the soul of money. Have you ever read that? No, but I'll write it down again. You have me a lot of books. That's a really good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, these are all good ones. The soul of money was a really good book. Um, and there, I, you just read it and everyone who's listening, I think it's a, it's a good way to read it or it's a good thing to read it. Um, and just how it didn't just experience it for yourself, but it just, it money, it really also too, it's like, it's an energy, right? It's like, it's like you went and spent energy. So you're given money so you can go to get something that someone else spent energy on making, right? Like you want people to come and like take out your trash. Well, you, you, you take that money that you got paid for your energy time attention. Right. And, and they come do it. Right. And so we all, we have this thing is this exchange of energy and flow of energy. And it's like, basically money is, is a unit of stored energy. Right. Right. And so it's like, it's not inherently bad. Right. Like I see people, I know working in real estate, like I am around people with lots I'm of losing money you a, bit. I'm not, a lot of times. I'm losing you a bit here. Oh, can <laughs> you hear me now? was like money's a unit of stored energy. Yeah. Money's a unit of stored energy. It's like I did something and that? now my, yeah. Can you hear me? Are you there? What's up guys? We're back. We had a Wi-Fi problem. Mercury's in retrograde, so we'll, we'll blame it on Mercury. <laughs> Damn <laughs> we got, Mercury! We got we got Michael Michael Sutton back, and uh, we're gonna pick back up on uh, his little rift about how money is just a unit of stored energy. Yeah, so like what the way that I think about it, right? Like money is a unit of stored energy, right? Like because it's like, um, if I am with you and I hold like a big wad of cash, like you're going to feel that, right? Like it's going to get you excited, right? It's going to cause people to react differently, right? Because money has the power. It has the energy because I've been given that money. If, if I earned it right through traditional legal means of work, right. For, for spending my time, effort and energy, right. Like my focus is energy. It's, it's for me to focus my brain. My body is burning calories more so than physical exercise. Or if I'm, you know, building you something or working on your plumbing, right? Like I'm expending energy for you, for your benefit. So you're going to give me this 
right? And so it's this flow and this cycle of this exchange of energy, right? So now I've got it. So I might like work my ass off all day. You might pay me. doesn't mean that I want to go like straight down to the market and, you know, whatever you gave me, barter for some chickens and trade them for the, right? It's like we've created a system, right? It's, it's, a, it's efficient, right. right? So I, I go and with this, I can trade for the acceptable, you know, what someone deems to be a reasonable fair trade based on what they can get for that amount of money, right? And so we store kind of our energy and our ability to make things happen in a currency, right? And so this, this with that idea, if money is in energy and it's a, it's a way to store a unit of energy, you know, depending on how much money it is, right? That means it's not good or bad, right? And, and being in the field of real estate, I come across a lot of people with money and I see a lot of people who didn't have money get money and and people who had money lose money and, and things like that right and so money in my experience it doesn't make people good or bad or it doesn't change people like people think oh you money change you it's like no money amplifies what you already are and it just 10x's it so if you're kind of like if you feel like you don't have enough money and i give you a boatload of money you're still gonna feel like you don't have enough money and right. I'm not talking about if you're like struggling and surviving and, and, and you're like, you know, you're in straight survival mode. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like if you have your basic needs covered and let's say you're like middle to lower middle class and, and you don't feel like you have enough. Not to say you're not striving for more. It's a it's a big difference. Right. It's that like lacking, wanting. I don't have enough feeling instead of coming from a place of appreciation and abundance and I have enough, but I would like more. Right. And I, and I want to grow and have more and be able to do more um, and share more. Right. As part of it, um, it, it really like you're, you're still going to have that lack. You know, you're going to look at the next guy who's got more than you and think, oh, they've got more than me. I don't have enough. I'm not happy. And that's why you see people with not the, the only reason, but it's one of the reasons I think why you see these people have tremendous amounts of money and they're completely unhappy and miserable. And then that's why right you see because it's people, that yeah it's that feeling of always needing more right it's like you want to always keep getting to that next next piece in the ladder and to tie it back into Eckhart Tolle's like you know rendition of it all it's like because you're not you're always wanting more you're always wanting to be in the next step because you're not in this present moment you're not here exactly you're not now so you're gonna keep placing your happiness in the future. It can't be right now. Your happiness is with that next million dollars that you're going to make. It's with that next billion dollars. It's with those, exactly. you know, having 50 more, 500 more followers on X social media. When in reality, you're you're continuously placing happiness and what you're doing is placing it in the future. It's never now. It's, it's once this happens. Or the corollary, corollary is if you're still in a place of fear, you're placing it in your past. You're, you know, if you have these trauma, it's, it's not, you know, the, the, the happiness or the, the resonance of, of being fulfilled is not now. It's either I can't possibly do that because of these tragedies that happened in my past or it's in the future because I haven't achieved what I wanted to yet. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right, Clay. It, it's being that we are always in the now and like, you know, and, and, and it's all this stuff is all like interwoven, right? It's like if you're not happy now and in the now, like what makes you think you're going to be happy then? And then what happens if you actually are happy once you have it? How long do you think you're going to be happy for? 
like people like the pursuit of happiness is really i think misleading right but but like the pursuit of something is where you find the joy right and then you you achieve the goal you you are rewarded with a dopamine hit and then that goes away and then what's the next goal and you've got to start you've got to make a, a bigger or different goal like your goal in my experience like it doesn't it needs to be bigger it doesn't need to be bigger in that like oh the goal's bigger like it's got to be more money it could be bigger in like I want to learn to do something that's so radically different and challenging to me, right? Like right. your goal might have been b before motivated on career and finance, where now your goal is like, hey, I want to reach like millions of people through a podcast. And I don't care if I make less money, but if I reach a lot of people and help a lot of people, that's my goal. It's still a big challenge, but you know what I mean? That's a big goal. So it's you, like you nailed, nailed my goal, nailed my goal on the head. <laughs> there you go. And it's and it's a very noble goal because it's like and that's the other thing too, what I realized in my life is I have to being, being a human being and one that's especially um, prone left to my own monkey brain and unconscious programming, um, selfish and self-centered. And for me, I have to, my life really depends on me thinking about other people and, and coming from contribution. And what that means is like, Hey, Clay, what can I do for you in this moment? Um, and to help you and, and, and I'm, I don't want anything in re return. I just, I really want to be of service to you. And in a way there's like a selfish undertone because I need to do that to have a good life. So it's one of those kind of like paradoxes and you can argue, well, you're doing it for yourself, but it's like, no, I'm not expecting anything in the here and now being in the present moment. I'm here to be of service to you. That's it. I don't want anything in return for it. Right. And I think and so, what you're kind of, you're kind of touching on is, is the idea where, and this kind of goes back to our 3D, 4D, 5D model is that when you're kind of in a three, more three-dimensional state, you see the world as like winners and losers. Like if you have that's something and you won, that's 2D. That's <laughs> you're 2D placing it even lower. Because it's like, it's like that false dichotomy. It's like, well, you're winning or you're losing. It's like, well, what are you, what are you winning? What do you, you know what I mean? Well, the like, what core, is great core concept is you know low, I mean? right? Yeah. 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 Well, but so what you kind of realize as you go down this path and you go through this uh, spiritual journey or this enlightenment process is you realize is that you can create win-win scenarios. You know, you don't have to put it in this parallel of, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for you so that I get something in the future. Right. Because even just that mindset kind of splits you a little bit into like the present versus the future, which theoretically doesn't exist. So Instead, you could even make it that I want to help you because I know it's going to make me feel better for making you feel better, you know, and so you're even still creating that win-win. If you have the mindset of, well, I'm only doing this because in the future, I know I'll get tenfold back. Then it doesn't kind of, work. That's not coming from contribution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're splitting yourself, right? You're not, yeah. you're not doing it on a direct But that's path. manipulation. That's a, that's a form of manipulation. So I guess what to clarify what I mean is in order to to have it truly be coming from contribution all that is in my mind when i say that is how can i be of service to this person how can i help you right and it can be as simple as if you go visit your family right like it's it, it looks like you're visiting your family and they um make dinner and you just go and you're like hey i'm going to be of contribution by just washing the dishes because they made this and i don't want anything in return it's like it feels like the right thing to do right or hey I see that you want to like have dinner. Like, what can I do to help? Can I bring anything? Can I set up? 
right? You're not doing that for anything, right? And all that's in your mind right there is helping. So it's not about the the setting the balance. It, it just, you have to have no other objective in the mind other than to serve, right? That's all I'm right. saying because thinking about others, right? Especially like, you know, and I don't want people to think, I'm not like some raging like sociopath or something, right? Like I hold myself to a high standard. So like, it's like when I say that I'm selfish and self-seeking, it's not like I'm just ripping people off and stuff. I hold myself to a high standard, right? And so it's like, if I want to, if I start thinking about myself all the time and like what I think about is like what I don't have, I don't have enough money, I don't have, you know, a, a good enough house, I don't have enough this, and blah, 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 I'm not good looking enough, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't matter, right? It's just like lacking, wanting that equals lacking, that equals not enough, that equals, you know, unhappiness, right? It sends you down but the if, spiral. And it's a spiral, right? And then I've, I've become identified with my mind and I let that just take me like I'm, I'm walking a dog that's way too big for me and it's dragging me down the road, right? Um, it's like, but instead, if I start thinking about you and helping you, I take my, my mind out of myself, out of me, and I'm thinking about you. And all of a sudden, this reprieve that I used to get from alcohol and doing other things I'm getting because I'm just not thinking about me and I'm not thinking about my problems. Like I'm thinking about other people. I'm thinking about this. And all of a sudden I go all this time, not thinking about myself and my problems and this. And that was really the reprieve that I wanted. Plus I get the self-esteem knowing that I'm just helping people, right? Like I, I, I'm not out here um, trying to like get anything or do anything other than help the people that want my help and not helping people that don't want my help. If you don't want my help, or if I can't help you, if I, if I don't have the tools. So like when I say that too, it's like, I don't try to help people that I'm not equipped to help, right? I don't try to like jam my stuff down someone's throat. The people that I typically help are people that have had similar struggles to me, um, want to be in similar places as me um, career-wise, or just want to learn something that I have to teach because I may be older than them, right? Um, or just have an ability that they want, you know? And so it's like just being able to prioritize thinking about that for me has been huge. Cause if not, like I can really spiral, like, you know what I mean? Spiral down. Right. Like my mind is capable of thinking and, and getting, getting deep inside my head, you know? <laughs> and and yeah. I kind of do that thing. Like my real estate team, they make fun of me and they're too young to like actually know the show scrubs. But I don't know if you remember that. I'm like JD, I like turn my head and it's like, I'm gone. I'm in that world of like thought, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, and then it's like, I'm, I'm not present and I'm not, you know what I mean? And I'm not, uh, I'm not in it. So it's, you know, yeah, and, to, it's, and to give the devil trip. is, to give the devil is due is that it, it is important to think, right? Like there are situations where you need to of think course things it's through. Important to think. The problem is whenever you find yourself just repetitively in those, you know, outlandish situations, right. Or you're, you know, it, it's constantly pulling you out of the um, present. It's like, um, I think in the power of now it says it, but it's like a, Oh no, it's an Alan Watts quote where he's like, you know, it's a, it's a powerful tool, but a bad master, you know? So you're, you know, you're overusing this tool. And so therefore it's losing all of its value that it can give you. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing too. It's like, you know, you, you've got to, you know, and I think uh, hopefully like people get what we're saying on here and I think they do, but just like to clarify, like, 
I think we're not, nobody's saying Clay or me, we're not advocating for like not thinking or like never thinking about the past or never thinking about the future. There is a time and a place in the now. And like, even though time is like, let's call it a human construct, right? It is a valuable thing that we have in order to keep our society moving, to keep a schedule, to hit our goals, to help other people to meet at the same time and, you know, advance agendas and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, it's real and it's not, but it's like, um, there's a time and a place where you can be in the present moment and dedicate your presence to planning for the future. And you can be totally aligned and in a state of like joy and pre- and just present. And that's where you're supposed to be at that time with the universe, right? Like aligned and doing a calendar planning for the future. So it's not like, you know, you can't do any of this stuff or you always have to be like meditating on this rock. It's like, it's not like that. It's like the, yeah. the like, all this stuff really, I feel like these practices, it's like you don't work out and diet well to be like the king of dieting and exercise. Like you're, you're doing that so you can have health, so you can feel good, so your body is able to participate. You've got mobility, you can participate in sports and have fun and, you know, protect your family if you're like want to be strong, like, right, or whatever, right? Like you do it to be able to enjoy life and maximize the good you can do. Right. And, and by good, I just mean spreading positive energy. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, that's all you can really do. Right. Is like to keep that, keep that energy flowing positively and keeping that momentum going. And, and I, I, you know, the audience that I'm attracting, I'm, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure they're going to understand most of that, but it is, it is good to clarify, right. That, you know, there are these tools that we are overusing, right. Like you can, you can overuse anything, right? Like too much of anything is a bad thing. Too much water, you can drown yourself. Like your cells will explode and you yeah. actually die from drowning. I always tell people too, I'm like, look, you can use a you can use a hammer to build a house or to murder a man, right? Like it yeah. doesn't make the hammer bad. It's it's how the tool is used. It can be constructive or destructive. And right. it's a lot harder to use constructive energy because it takes focus and energy and time, right? Like in the example of building a house, it's hard, but to burn down a house, it takes 10 seconds from any fool. You know what I mean? Right. It reminds me of, uh, there's a quote that's like, discipline is freedom. And it's like, some Jocko willing shit. Jocko willing. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Discipline's freedom where it's like, you know, it's, it's such a bizarre concept to try to conceptualize. Tell you about those paradoxes, Clay. They're like, yeah. they're out there where you think you're like, no, spon- being spontaneous and this and that is freedom. It's like, well, that is, but if you actually are disciplined, you actually will actually have more freedom. So it's like one of those things. It's like, yeah, uh, there's so many of those, man, that the older I get and the more I do life, the more I realize like, how paradoxical things are, how a lot of things go full circle and how um, a lot of things that like I might think are kind of like bullshit. I'm like, okay, now I can actually understand why these systems exist, but like, doesn't mean we have to settle for them and we're not improve them. But like, I mean, to your point about college earlier and money and your parents, like I feel kind of like it would be a disservice to tell, like if I have kids, like to tell them like, Hey, yeah, go to college and do all this. Cause that's not really what I believe if it's what they want to do. If like they have the support or, or want to do it and it's going to help them. I think college is a great experience, a place to learn, make relationships. But it's like, I think that we need an overhaul on our education system. I was talking to my 
my good buddy and he said this thing he's got kids and he said he's like i think in america we try to prepare the we try to prepare the world for our kids and we try to manipulate and change the world for our kids when we what what we need to do is prepare our children for the world yeah and and i was like that's i really like that because it's like the world's gonna be the world man if you die i die the world keeps spinning society's not gonna shut down right like it definitely seems like the cultural stigma that's being perpetuated throughout our generation and i don't watch the news but from whenever i hear it from you know political shit it just seems like it's kind of through that lens where it's like no i want to be kept safe i want to be safe so you know make the world safer when in reality it's like i actually just read this thomas jefferson quote it's like i would rather have dangerous freedom than peaceful slavery totally totally and then the thing too is like there's like there's research in in the field of psychology right that talks about um the people with a um that have a locus of control like where they feel more that they are in control of their lives and their outcomes versus people who have like who feel like they are not in control um that the people who feel like they're in control are overall happier have better careers and all these kind of things because they feel like they have some control over their environment and their destiny whereas these people who feel like things are always happening to them or they don't have control it's kind of like oh well this just happens because i'm a gallagher right it's it's basically say well i'm a victim of my circumstances i'm a victim of my genes i'm a victim of my neighborhood i'm a victim of whatever right it's Um, fascinating to say that they're you put it that way it's fascinating you put it that way because in in breaking the habit of being yourself it talks about how you know you go from this mindset of cause and effect which is what you were explaining with kind of the negativity going to a place of causing the effect you know where it's this idea of like it's if you live in a world of cause and effect then you're always kind of like in this reaction state but if you're causing the effect then you're the one that's being proactive and making shit happen and you know making a business, you know, running a real estate group or running a podcast. And it's, you're causing the effect. You're, you're putting your ducks in a row. You're lining up the domino so that when that first one needs to fall, it all is ready for that cascade event that's about to occur. Totally, man. And it's just like, it's, uh, well, it's just a trip, you know what I mean? And it's just like <laughs> the thing that it's like, we're all, I think one thing I, I try to remind myself is like, we're all in this together, right? Like the guy I, I like, the guy I don't like, the gal I like, the gal I don't like. It, like we're all in this together. We're all human beings. We're all trying, even though it might feel like some of them are aliens, right? But we're all in this together. We're all for well, your part of alien. The best. Yeah, I definitely am part yeah. alien. You're, um, I mean, we're all connected, right? Everything's one. Yeah. We're one with the universe. There's aliens out That's there, right. right? So That's right. I mean, you are part alien. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, dude. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think. It, it, at least, like some of the stuff I've I've watched and read is like, they say what we're like, basically, if a star ex- a star exploded or something exploded to give out all the particles that you know, form like what's going on. And, and, and so whatever this stardust and gases and energy and all this is, is, is the, are, are the things that are on the planet that eventually like gave way to make light. So we're basically like, you know, the children of exploded stars. I mean, it's, it's, Damn. it's absolutely bonkers to think, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I think, I think we, it's really easy to forget that. And it's really easy. And I mean, I really feel bad because it's like, 
how can you really think of much else when you're in survival mode? When you're in survival mode, and that's when you're reactionary, right? Because it's like you're just constantly on the prowl, like trying to survive. You're trying to either, you know, kill to eat or not to get killed, not to get eaten, right? And it's like so many people, it's sad, live their lives like that. And it's not, I'm not even blaming them because I think that they are actually in survival mode. But um, if there was a way to reach those people and maybe help, uh, help them get out. And, and if we could just get people to be in an environment where they don't have to be in survival mode, because I know some people put themselves in that mode and they're just conditioned, but some people are in that, right? And it is a struggle. And it's like, it's, it's really sad to see in a world where we have so much abundance that like there are people in that. And I feel like that for me would be something that would be cool. Like if, if I had like a, a vision of changing the world, so instead of having like no money, I would have a world where there would be nobody in straight up survival mode where you might have less, but you're not going to be in survival mode. Right. Well, that's the you're important have, thing, right? Like, cause yeah, even just from have a biological to not be standpoint. In survival mode. And also too, like for me, I'm like, I don't get why, like in school, like, first of all, you should be taught psychology. You have a brain, like it runs your, your basically at least awareness, almost everything in, in, in you and, and regulates all of your body function. So to think that that's not a basic part of a curriculum of like, hey, it's like, you know what I mean? If you were a robot, wouldn't you think they would be like, and you had your own like AI that you'd want to like know your like how you're made up and read the manual and be like, oh, this is how I like fix this part or whatever, right? Like, it's crazy to me that they don't teach that early on. It's like we learn about lungs and parts and stuff, but it's like basic psychology, I feel like should be taught. <laughs> it's It's crazy. Uh, yeah and i mean at least like basic awareness and it feels like in you know you would think and it's so wild and it's kind of what touches back on it is like that we're not taught and i and i think we had a basic class but like it's not really ingrained the power of finances the power of self-awareness the power of connecting with other people connecting with nature even and i guess it feels like the powers that be kind of don't want it to change right like it's like the whole point of school was originally structured in order to create good workers like it was it was designed for like the industrial revolution the factories needed people but to here's but here's my stuff. problem with that because i i hear that a lot and i and i i'm like assume that to be true okay but here's my problem with that this now okay those are the powers that be then and that, that's what worked for then but now that like i've heard that too you've heard that too enough people have heard that now so why aren't we doing shit about it I don't have kids, first of all. But if, but like, well, how would you, kids, how do you go I about, how like, do you go about changing the whole system? Honestly, I feel like it's, it's good. And a lot of people might like, you know, and he, dude, I don't know anything about him personally, but like, one of the things I like about Elon Musk is he does shit differently. And he started a school for like his kids because he wanted to put them in a certain kind of school. I hope that people, um, you know, and like, it would be cool to see. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he has like a school for like, I don't think I don't think it's very big. I think it's for a very select few. So it's a little bit elitist, perhaps. But it's like, you know, it's like, sure. but a lot of things start that way, right? Like they start with a small group, and then it catches on and then it, it gets ad adopted by the public. But I think, um, you know, the fact of the matter is like, I think we've just accepted the status quo, rather than saying, hey, we want a major education reform. You know what I mean? And we fight about all this little stuff. So you, you can say powers it be in this and that. But it's like, look, you said you don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. I think like there's a cultural shift where a lot of people aren't watching the news because they realize it's just propaganda. Like there's very right. the only part of the news to me that's that's not propaganda 
is like the local news when they say when they show like who won the the local dog grooming contest or something you know and they interview yeah. some local store or something like the that's sports news, news or baby. something that, that's yeah, yeah that's what's going on but like a lot of this other stuff is just propaganda and rage bait clickbait to drive marketing dollars and all this other bullshit and so it's like i don't know i i think i think that there's like th- the fact that two you know late 20 early 30 dudes are having a conversation like this is just just a sign of the direction that we're going in because like i can tell you that my dad and his buddies weren't having conversations like this and i think as time goes on and and information is more readily available more and more people are going to have conversations like this they're going to think about things like this and it's not going to be like this thing where we're standing next to each other how many parties and and we don't know that we think similarly it's like well no now we know we think oh it looks like we lost him again Welcome back, guys. Sorry about that. I think the powers that be are just telling us that we need to get on with it. <laughs> uh, Damn you, Bezos. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Mercury. <laughs> I think Mercury. that has a little bit more power. Um, but we left off. Uh, we'll just wrap up this thought. But you know, you're talking about the optimism, and I'm on board with it because my podcast, the number of conversations I've had in this direction, amplify it. But you were talking about like yourself, or your dad's generation, and um, the direction of our our generation i guess yeah just just the fact that more and more people are having conversations like this and it's becoming um more adapted it's like it's kind of one of those things i think things are just getting things are getting magnified right like it's easy to put um put the camera and the attention on the bad and then it magnifies it and blows it up and but we don't we don't put the attention on the good right but if if you really go out and i was talking to someone about this yesterday it's like if you go on the internet and spend an hour, you're going to think it's like doom and gloom and everybody hates each other. If you walk outside, like I talked to all my neighbors, we all get along, you know, and, and, and I don't know all this stuff that they put out there in the public, like who actually thinks a lot of this stuff, right? It's just like, I think though, and that's one of the dangers and things I don't like about moving into this more and more digital world and metaverse realm is just this, cause it's like, you know, you've got this, it's like, you know, you talked about the, the NFTs and the blue checks, it's like, well, what are you going to do? It's like pro- you're projecting yourself into this world that's just basically lights that are sh- shining into your eyes to like stimulate your brain. Like it's pretty crazy and, and matrix like, but um, I, I just think that like, you know, back to the, the energy being transferred, right? There's going to be ebbs and flows and times that seem dark and then it's going to, but it's all going to transfer, man. It's it, There's going to be the good, the bad and the ugly, but it's, you know, I, I just think you got to do the best you can to control what you control and take control of your immediate environment. You know, keep your room and your house clean before you start trying to save the world and realize you can't save the world, but you can impact the people you're directly around. Do your best to be a positive influence on your environment. I'm completely on board. I think if you want to change the world, you got to change yourself. And um, yeah, I think that's a powerful way to end it. So before we get out of here, is there anything you want to plug? Anything? I mean, you encourage the world pretty hard there at the end, so maybe not that. But do you want to plug anything? Encourage people to do something? I'll give you the floor you know now. What? I I want to encourage people. This is what I want to encourage people to do. I don't want to plug anything in the spirit of spirituality because I think now that 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 because spirituality, I think it's so great that people 
are exploring it. And I think it's so great that consciousness is being talked about and all this stuff. But I think that it, it gets wrapped up with like this, actually it gets mixed in with the ego and it gets adopted as like a personality or, oh, I'm more spiritual than you. Cause I got fucking dreadlocks and where it's like, that's not what it's about. Right. Um, I just want to say to anybody that's listening, if they're listening and they're not already on a journey or maybe they are, is meditate because as Clay says, it's so important, but meditate and in those deep moments of meditation when you're there with yourself, be true to what you want to do, right? And 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 not what you want to do out of fear or not what you want to do out of, you know, pursuit of status or or, or any pursuits of the ego, like what... What does your soul and intuition drive you to? And be honest with yourself and go towards that and turn over your, your will power that tells you, you know, it's kind of like if you think of the cartoons, like the devil sh- shoulder and the angel shoulder, it's way easier to live, listen to the devil shoulder. Listen to the angel shoulder. Don't don't ignore it and follow that and and think about other people and put, incorporate putting you know coming from contribution in your life and your life will grow and open up in ways that you absolutely can't imagine and it will make you feel so good along the way that even if you know you have a a modest life from a financial standpoint you'll be so fulfilled and happy um you wouldn't even care but ironically i think you will actually make a lot more money at the same time yeah (laughs) it has that weird duality with it well, Michael, I appreciate you guys, you for coming, uh, guys, if you want to get in touch with Mike, uh, Michael Sutton, I'm going to put some of his information in the description below. Um, we'll find all the links down there to get in touch with him. If you're in San Diego market, want to get a house, you know, hit him up. Um, other than that, don't think there's any big news for the podcast. Um, if you found anything interesting, I highly suggest you share it with people. Go follow me on all my socials and leave a review on Spotify. Um, apple and wherever else you listen to this at i know we're all over the place so with that being said i appreciate you conscious monkeys for tuning in and let's grow together